0: I feel proud Dylan, that her husband can take two, <laughs> two feet of meat i mean yeah. i'm impressed uh, no that, that my friend can take two feet, yeah, two feet yeah. of meat Do you know what i mean
1: i don't know what's happening right now but i feel really terrible inside and i kind of want to die uh. <laughs> <laughs> These are people that all like the same weird shit that I like. I'm not so weird, you know? It's right. not weird shit. It's very normal.
2: It is so just disturbing to watch them kind of flip it and <laughs> handle it and stuff. I was just like, I was having so many second thoughts. Yeah. That's what she said.
0: Boomstick was my dick's nickname in college, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is long long short drink episode 73 this is palmer podcasting to you live from dayton ohio
2: this is Dave talking to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And,
1: and from the front range of the Rocky Mountains. Hey! Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's me. It's Twinkie. Hi. It's Hi, Twinkie.
0: fucking call Twinkie. Hey. <laughs> you call me Twinkie again. We're done.
1: But you know what? Only just I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. <laughs>
2: Oh, I like that. We're starting in on the professional culture yeah. right from the get-go. Um, oh, we were starting to talk a little um, off-air, and then Palmer wisely said, "Let's just get this party started." Yeah. So I'm glad we did. Well, How the hell are you? Oh, Either yeah, both of you, both of you, all of you.
3: Yeah, Twinkie, Everyone. <laughs> yeah.
1: Twinkie,
0: you go first. We, we haven't heard from you the longest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd say for the most part doing pretty well lots of hopefully you know somewhat interesting things to chat about over the next whatever time here but uh you know certainly ups and downs along the way kind of um had to set aside the twitch streaming for a little bit for a variety of reasons uh some mental health reasons some family reasons uh life but you know we'll get back into it when it makes sense um for all of those things to kind of get back together it's something i still really enjoy i still think about a lot but um you know just things that are a little more pressing you know need to take precedent but outside of that you know did comic-con and denver volunteering again and got to hang out with chris lloyd um so, so <laughs> is awesome
2: christopher to most <laughs> of us yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, to comic-con we had a great e3 which is kind of like a trade show for uh a trade show for video games, but also kind of a fan event as well. Um, yeah, just a lot of really fun things this year. I I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a lot with work as well. I've t- kind of taken on some new tasks. So I'm traveling, I've got two more trips to DC yet this year. And I'm in the middle of a middle of uh, four straight six day work weeks, which is oh. awful and oh. terrible. And I hate it, but it's part of the deal. Um, yeah, so you know, I like everybody else. I have a lot of really great things that I'm, I love and I'm happy about, and I, are fantastic. And then you know, there's the other stuff that kind of comes <laughs> along with. Yeah. It. Overall, it' good. Overall, very good. But I'm interested to, to hear how are uh, you guys are doing as well.
2: I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, I can't hear you guys. I'm they- so sorry, hang on. Oh no, I should have done this before. I got it now. Sorry, uh, you are back. I forgot to change to my headphones. I was listening on a speaker for the PC, but I'm back. Oh. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, all right. Oh, that's all right. That's no all right. problem. We you we never lost your audio. Oh, okay, so we, great. Uh, you we
0: heard everything you said. So uh, professional uh, Twitch streamer here, boys. Professional Twitch, <laughs> Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
2: missed your your stream. I I got the app for my phone. I get these. I would get kind of these incremental things where I'm like, how can I just. Get a notification when it's happening. Yeah. Anyway, easy things to figure out. There is, I just a, there is a Twitch
0: app, enough. which I did install. I did uh, actually follow Twinkies, uh, Rocky Mountain AM Twitch stream. Um, and I'm hoping that it will notify me when he does. Now that yeah. we're joined, I'm hoping that when he goes live, because the, the thought for me is on, you know, if you continue to do the Wednesday morning thing, I can listen while I'm doing my morning routine at work um, uh, yeah, on because off, the like app, around meetings and stuff. So as
1: a, as a kind of a, 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 a technical thing, the app allows you to do audio only as well. So you don't have to watch awesome. um, and I do, I do audio only because sometimes I'm listening to people just chatting um, or even if they're playing something and I just want to kind of get a feel for the sound effects of the game or just the other things you can do audio only. Um, and then right. save yourself some bandwidth. It's a, in, in in the basic settings, at least on the iOS app. I'm not sure yeah. about other ones, but well, that's a- and I would
2: go back and uh, I rarely catch the live, but I would often like think, oh, I wonder how you know how that's been going. So I'd go to the clip section, mm-hmm. which I noticed. I don't know if you cleared a bunch out or if you uh-huh. can only have videos going back so long. You can, that, that yeah.
1: Time- Unfortunately, until you reach a certain status, which I you know, it would not be able to achieve at this point. It requires certain numbers of viewers and you have to stream consistently. Then it allows you to have a larger back catalog. Uh, But if not, it goes away. And I have those, say I record those separately and I have them saved for my own use. But oh, I'm very as, glad to hear that yeah, For when I did yeah. like a Twinkie
2: Twitch documentary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've thought about we, that we,
2: more than once. I'm like, I hope these videos fucking exist. <laughs> yeah.
0: We uh, we ran into the same thing with the podcast YouTube channel where we wanted to link fucking end screen. Who would have thought the end screen would be this this much work to get that to work out right, but... Uh, well,
2: Palmer's making a very sweet, customized backdrop for set end screen. Uh...
0: We wanted to add a link to our website and you have to have at least a thousand subscribers and boy, poor long walkers for (laughs) as long as we've been hassling you just to get up to a (laughs) hundred subscribers, we have the next milestone. So, Oh, it's never going to end.
1: Oh yeah. We got this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We are at 92 subscribers. yeah. One more down. Eight. Yeah. A whole eight. That's, that's my favorite number too. That's awesome. Oh, and so uh, we went to that concert last night. We went to so first off, a while we didn't get to talk about it last episode with Double D, uh, but you sent me a screen, a, a, a picture of your radio where you oh, yeah. were listening to Alt Nation. I and I didn't get a chance to ask your opinion. Like, what do you think of the station? Um.
2: I haven't really listened to it enough to, oh, okay. to say. Though the one funny thing I could say is uh, every, I, I think there's probably like three times I went there um, thinking just like, oh, I should try try that. I don't often like hit the radio stations to begin with, but so I was trying to get in the habit of it. Um, but all three times I heard this one song. It's like a Jonas Brother and someone else. Um, oh, yeah. Every time. And and I'm talking like, I didn't hear more than two songs, but yeah. always one of them was that song. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so awful.
0: Like, uh, that's so weird yeah. though. Like, uh, they, Well, I think that <laughs> is my complaint about any of the Sirius stations is they have a definite playlist that just cycles. And once you... If you are in the car, I think for anything more than four hours, you'll start the playlist over again. Because uh, Ash and I notice yeah. it when we go to Pittsburgh that we'll hear we hear like a, there will be whatever the song of the flavor of the moment is. We'll hear that on a regular rotation, like through the whole trip. Like, we'll, we'll hear it five times on the way to Pittsburgh, yeah. all evenly spaced That's out.
2: That's like, uh, like old fashioned terrestrial radio in a, in a way though. And kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. Cause I don't notice that as much with like the, so like the Pearl Jam channel or the Bruce Springsteen channel, or even the new wave eighties channel we listen to. We don't hear that as much, but the, I was gonna say they have more to draw from, but I actually they probably do. But yeah. if you're trying to play like contemporary new stuff, yeah, a new alternative like and like
0: too much, yeah. and that's why Ash and I always were just like we'll hear songs on there and we're like, why is this on here? This is not alternative because it sounds really poppy or whatever, and it's only because they swear, like they just, like they oh, drop yeah. a, they'll, yeah. they'll drop an f bomb somewhere in there, and it's like, well, that's why because they can't play it on the radio. So, but anyways, we went to. uh we went to the advanced placement tour where Alt Nation takes like three up and coming bands that they're trying to promote, puts them on a national tour, and they go all over the, the states. And uh, the show was really good. One of the bands was uh, having a bad day. Their, like, their van broke down on the way to the show. Oh, and like, discouraged. yeah. And they just kind of had a chip on their shoulder, it seemed like, where. I I mean, I could see if I was on some national tour and I was like the second name on the ticket and coming out, uh, you could have a really misplaced expectation on the venue. Like, I loved the venue. It was nice and small and intimate. It was great. Uh, But if you're like if you have the expectations of a national tour, it's really small and intimate and not like a big event. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so they kind of had a chip on their shoulder. It seemed like, so that was a little off putting, but their music, their performance was still really good. We had a great time, but then when we were coming home, there's like major construction on 70 getting out of Columbus that goes all down into one lane and a semi overturned in that lane and shut the highway down and we were tra- oh. we were trapped on the highway for like 4 hours. We, oh. It was like oh, no. <laughs> it was like we didn't get home till 4:30. We left the show at just after 11. We didn't get home till after 4 in the morning. No way. Yeah, Oh, uh, we it, we got trapped in this like 1.8 mile stretch. It took over 3 hours to go that 1.8 miles with no exit. There was no exit in that 1.8 miles and there was like steel uh, um, rope like down the middle of the highway, so you couldn't use one of the emergency. There's no, there was no emergency turnarounds, and so you would just go like ten feet and stop and just like, it was awful, <laughs> so awful. Oh, so just horrendous. like si- sitting in in with, just surrounded by like at one point we look around and I'm like there are no cars, it's just all semis, just, like And we finally. They finally were able to get the semi, I guess, like moved. They moved it down onto the embankment that like going down because it was on an overpass. So they moved it, the trailer down onto the embankment and were unloading it and repackaging, like shrink wrapping the pallets to get them onto another semi. And just like all that time is just getting all of the machines and everything they needed in there to, to make all that happen around the traffic that's just like bottlenecking in the spot and literally i mean it was one lane so it shut it and it was turned over in that one lane so it just shut it down there was no getting around it it was awful
3: (laughs) that
2: yeah oh god that sounds awful did, and did you guys have the day the following day off work yeah so we took like...
0: today off we were planning on taking today off regardless but, that was last night yeah that, oh yeah that was last oh, night I, I maybe you said that i missed that yeah. oh jesus so that's why oh. i that i mean that's why i'm like you were like oh it looks like you have allergies or something no i'm fucking wrecked because we like breathed oh, yeah. carbon monoxide diesel exhaust for four hours straight <laughs> on the fucking oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh it was awful yeah. I'm
2: very sorry to hear that. That had to color the whole experience oh. where you're like, <laughs> uh
0: I, I mean the concert was still awesome. Like we uh the what was the
2: one you were you were you were like, we gotta go see this band when they come through. None of them it...
0: were like that. It was it was more oh, it of it was more oh. no, there was no um no band where we were like, Oh, we definitely have to see that we're on the ticket. It was more of this is an opportunity to see bands that potentially could become Big and we w- might get to see. I love being able to say I saw uh, Mumford and Sons on a $12 ticket. You know, I remember, like, yeah. yeah, like I, I remember that.
2: I, you know, I, not, I wasn't there. I remember when that happened for you. <laughs> Uh, Because I tried to—I don't know if I tried to go to that show or it was you that like turned me on to them to begin with, and I just didn't realize based on like the level you were seeing them or whatever. Like it was Uh, an
0: impossibility, you know, to to get tickets. uh, Yeah, I didn't, uh, and I only fell into it by happenstance when I came back from, uh, when I came back from Hawaii. Some ex-colleagues from the first school I taught at were like this band changed my life and you're coming to the show with us and like put the ticket in my hand. And, uh, and it was this great little intimate show. So that was more motivated for that. Like, let's go get these tickets cause they're cheap and we're supporting independent, like these small independent artists. Um, we get to see three of them for one ticket and it's only 15 bucks a ticket. So that was really the motivation. But, uh, Hembray was the opener, and they were fucking awesome. Uh,
2: from Mumford & Sons, or for the thing oh, you no, just Oh, no, from
0: the thing we just saw. Uh, Hembray. Hembray. And then the headliner was Blocks, uh, B-L-O-X-X. Uh, they're from Europe, uh, and their current uh, hit right now is Headspace. Uh, it's like the chorus. is like, you're fucking with my Headspace. You're bringing up my mistakes. Like... Uh, it's, she's a it's a female singer she's pretty cool kind of like a heavy punkish band all of them are kind of punkish a little bit and then the um, middle the the middle ticket was uh, the Warbly Jets <laughs> isn't that an awesome that's a great name yeah. right Like yeah. <laughs> Warbly Jets uh, and they're their current single, I think it's propaganda. I think is what that is. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so they were really good. Uh, the show was the show was great. The venue was awesome. We got what's the venue? Did you
2: t- say the name? Uh, it was the.
0: It? Um, hang on, the Roomba Cafe.
2: Oh yeah,
0: in uh, Columbus.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've been there or if I just used to try to get to play there. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm not sure which. <laughs> uh,
0: it, but I've, I've heard about it a lot actually for years. It's in the um, the university district, uh, and they it, it was a great venue. I really liked it. I am sorry, I'm recording right now. Oh, uh, I thought that was like like a crash of like no glass. It a, it's I a, it's the, the pinball ringtone. On. It's the pinball ringtone. I don't know why my phone wasn't on mute. Sorry about that. That's uh, all right. But yeah, uh, is that like a call like a like a Ghostbusters call that you need? To, no, yeah. we got one. Uh, you got to go fix it. <laughs> it is it is Yoda, but uh, really? Yeah, I'll call him back <laughs> later. Uh, he, I, he's probably calling just to let me know that he's got a job scheduled or something for us. So I had a job for you. Nice. Yeah. I'm on one a, of those as, as a cleaner, cleaner, right?
1: As a cleaner. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No women, no kids. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: was thinking maybe I could have some of my money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, um, yeah, and it's been really that that's been really busy too. Just doing a lot of those. Um working on soda. I worked for like on soda machines for like four hours this past Saturday. Uh, soda machines? Yeah. Like is that pop machines?
2: Oh, so you don't it's not just pinball no, but it's any like any electronics really. Like Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't realize that. For and some so reason. uh
0: he started me on pinball machines and then we're slowly like adding stuff. So we've started to add pop machines now and like uh these people had four s- machines and one key and they broke the key off in one of the locks, which meant all four locks needed drilled out. So that took like, that took forever. It was so horrendous. Uh, But I mean, it was like work, you know, like it was like grinding out metal and all this stuff and ripping out locks and putting new locks in. And, uh, and then we did have some actual like repairs that needed done on one of the machines and, I ended up doing this thing where it emptied. Like, if I had not caught it, all of the soda would have just like flown out of the machine all <laughs> at one time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, all i could picture is like when maximum overdrive happens you're gonna have to be careful you don't yeah, like it shoots uh, fire and sodas at your nuts. i can
0: <laughs> confirm there is no mechanics in that machine to make it shoot soda like a bullet and kill people there's no way that machine could make that happen so speaking of uh, beverages why don't we oh yeah why don't we open gonna- one and then uh we can continue the conversation Yes. I'm drinking a Stone Revengeful Spirit Imperial IPA. It's a great name. It's uh, Indian Pale Ale with pineapple and mandarin orange. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's really good, actually. It uh, kind of blew me. At first, when I had it, I was like, it wasn't what I was expecting. But then by the second one, you're like, yeah, this is a
1: delicious beer. Awesome. What are you drinking? I got got water. That's great that do i just all have right. up, up early tomorrow morning for more telecons with people on the east coast and so we gotta i get up early to match their schedules so
0: i i told ash i said i'm only gonna have one and then i'm gonna have yeah. water too. <laughs> so um i grabbed the bent paddle coffee
2: ale out of oh, Duluth man. Really all like right all that. That sound amazing stuff yeah i I, I wanted it so much, I went ahead and got a six-pack and then just only chilled three of them.
0: <laughs> Hold it up there again, Dave.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah. it. Uh, there you go. There. I don't know if they... Maybe they would get this in like a Great Lakes state, but yeah, if you ever see
0: it, it's a delicious. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. All right. Amazing. All right, Long Walkers, grab your beverage of choice and let's open those up on three and three. All right. Oh,
2: Palmer, the bride and I had a similar uh, well ours was less like tr- sort of calamitous like our late night so you, you know you guys got had the issue on the way home with the semi the yeah. abominable four hour wait um, we went out for a twins game last week yes. she's been very invested in uh, the twins uh, baseball team and, uh, actually we're going to another game tomorrow afternoon but uh, so uh we went out. It was kind of on a whim, and we got uh, pretty decent tickets. And it was again—I can't remember who it was against. Maybe the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, because C- they won the World Series last year, I think. So it was like it's going to be a good team. Blah blah blah. And it ended up going into s- a full seventeen innings. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. 17, it was.
1: Uh... And it's two baseball games.
2: Almost, yeah. It was like it was crazy, and and um and then it ended up. I, I wish I could remember. Like I had a, oh I, I did. I'll, I'll tweet it. I think it's in the cast thread. Um, I shared some of this after it happened. Uh, but um, yeah. espn was calling it one of the games of the year and all this. And actually, just last night, they were still talking about it in terms of like having had this great. Like the twins ended up winning, uh, which was amazing, um. It's a very close game that that tied again somewhere in the middle, you know, and then like the, I don't know, 15th inning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had this like, you know, it's certainly no big deal. And I know our listeners would understand, but like I usually post the episodes late. Uh, at, after midnight on Tuesday nights. So this was a Tuesday night. So my plan was like, I just had the opening left to do. I'd come home and do it and be good. And so as the game drone on, the bride kept being like, you want to, you want to just go? I know you want to finish that tonight. I'd be like, no, no, we're here. What if it, you know? (laughs) And, uh, I, you know, of course, like I'm thinking in my head, like, Oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) stay (laughs) up because, uh, (laughs) I, because while she is like super invested in the team and the players and the game I mean I'm just there for the excitement yeah. the atmosphere and the company right and the food I yeah. also had what they call a boomstick <laughs>
0: which is this is my boomstick <laughs> oh that's right yeah
2: it is a oh that's a bang stick right or no is it the bang stick
0: no it's boomstick I think
2: boomstick okay let me check i know in uh cyborg <laughs> in the behind the scenes of cyborg they would talk about this one weapon as as van damme's bang stick <laughs> which this i say it out loud is hilarious because it sounds like it's penis but um anyway <laughs> <laughs> the, the, at the twin stadium the boomstick is a two foot long a 24 inch jumbo hot dog uh what It's meant to cut and it comes with like a, basically in a baguette like a cheap baguette instead of a bun uh and it's supposed to have like jalapeno peppers and un- grilled onions not quite grilled but chili like just Terrible looking chili and like nacho cheese, so I skipped most of that stuff. But I was like, I gotta know. I've been thinking about it, going there time after time, and you gotta eat it with like a knife and fork, and they give you like this bundle. You can't. You you gotta. Like it's a lot, and it, it draws a lot of attention. <laughs> and so
1: uh, I'm just picturing. Um, this, this sounds so awful. Yeah, I'm just picturing the jokes that the bride could come up with regarding yeah the boomstick. that i mean i'm sure she could riff on it for hours well she's got
0: to feel she's got to feel proud knowing that her husband can take two (laughs) two feet of meat right like that he can take down two feet of meat no problem that's impressive i mean i'm impressed Uh, that that's my friend can take two feet (laughs) feet of meat you know what i mean like she's married to him she's got to feel like that's like silver metal level right there Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) it was it was like i didn't really think about it in terms of the attention that it would draw i or quite realize how much of a uh, it was a lot so but but i ended up eating it without much trouble now i didn't eat all the bread i think that would have done me and i'm sure oh man and and i wasn't like committed to it either i was just like well this is you know (laughs) this is pretty good (laughs) Uh so I just kept uh chipping away at it. Uh um, well, you had yeah you had like cool what up.
1: six hours to do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did it in the first few innings. No, like
2: okay. the, <laughs> I, I had planned to like stop or whatever, but like there was really nowhere to like put it. So I just ate it. It was fun. And uh <laughs> and uh it was ultimately a, you know, I'm really, really glad we did stay because when they finally like won it in the bottom of the seventeenth inning, it like one in the morning i think oh. it was it was very it was very exciting so so we had like an unexpectedly late night for like much more uh positive reasons and outcome i, I would have even
0: <laughs> rather been at a baseball game than what i got stuck in last <laughs> night like that's uh, like that yeah you you're all right like much rather no, I- even a baseball game would have been
2: better. <laughs> That's not the bane of your existence. like bowling, No,
0: <laughs> but I still I still would have bowled at least two games rather than two when I sit <laughs> in the traffic last night. And so, <laughs> Oh, shit.
2: But yeah, the bride's into it. She threatened to go by herself tonight because they're doing a Star Wars night and you get a Star Wars bobblehead of this one player. Oh, I guess I'm so used to hiding names. I can say that you get a bobblehead of guy Max Kepler. He's a really handsome young german player who who won that game for us the other night and oh, just son of a know. bitch
1: handsome yeah. and young
2: so he gets a yeah he he uh gets a bobblehead that's like obi-wan kenobi body with his head and like a lightsaber and she wanted one of those and then when i told her i didn't want to go by herself it just became all about like i'm just gonna go to just to show you you can't oh. tell me what Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I hate it when I get suckered into those fights. Oh. <laughs> uh, like there are some things with marrying strong women. Like I I would not trade my strong-willed wife for any. Don't get me wrong. But there are some yeah, trade-offs sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Like, what not
2: to do. Yeah!
0: <laughs> and it's not like it's from a bad place. Right. I'm concerned for your safety. Exactly. I know you're a strong-willed woman, but there are fucking scumbags out there who don't give a shit. No,
2: and when we were coming home, like you know, we she found a great parking space for us for like six bucks or something the other last time. But as we were like trying to get out of there at one in the morning, eventually we were just kind of jogging because it's like nothing good happens (laughs) in the (laughs) you know
3: downtown at this hour.
2: Um, anyway, so she's staying home and watching on TV and probably watching the debates a little too, but. Um.
3: yeah
0: anyway that was my um, little
2: when you tell me about the, the late night that's what made me think of it
0: well uh, I mean good on you for holding out for all 17 innings that's I mean he had plenty of he had plenty of energy I guess Full I did from sticks. the boomstick. Yeah, full of boomstick. <laughs> what's it? What, okay, what's it take to get through seventeen innings? A boomstick. That's what yeah, it takes. That's right. uh, I'm so glad you did not eat the baguette of bread. Like I, that I, would have been a mistake. I looked up <laughs> pictures. Let me Twinkie. Let me see if I can find you a picture of this thing. It, it's fucking horrendous. Like, uh no wonder. I, I think I have pictures
2: far. of myself with it too. Um, the pictures quiet can't capture the, the girth <laughs> and, then, and then everything is that that's what she said when you try to talk about oh, this like yeah it, it was so hard not to say it to everyone that walked past me like when they would say anything i just wanted to oh, preemptively it. Yeah. say it
1: yeah <laughs> that's what she oh. said
2: oh, no man
1: oh it, <laughs> it just a, look, it looks it looks so jalapenos awful. on this one it looks yeah, so
2: awful you're supposed to get all that i didn't get any of that i i got like on 1 half 1 quarter of it i had them put the cheese but it's,
1: that was uh, so I see it's new for the 2019 season here. oh is it yeah here. Oh, got, here
0: so we're all looking at the same one
1: yeah i'm not going to get it again but whatever, uh, whatever. I, do. I, I do i have a little challenge for you if you go to the target field so oh you, yeah you, well i'm going tomorrow <laughs> okay here's a challenge uh, there is right. a place in hang on i'm going to look it up in minnesota and it's called the herbivorous butcher Hmm. Herbivorous. Herbivorous Butcher. Okay. It is in five oh seven First Avenue in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
3: Oh, that's right by there. Okay. So
1: they also have a product at Target Field and Mm -hmm. it's plant-based meat. Uh, Okay. And I've actually ordered their stuff and had it delivered to us here. They do all kinds of They really? try to, like you You had it shipped. Yeah. had it shipped. They shipped Whoa. it like in refrigerated, like Ugh. packaging. Um, that's
2: amazing. It must be amazing for you to want to do that. Yeah.
1: It, it is really good because what it allows you to do is have a lot of the flavors, um, that you would get from having, I don't know, whatever your favorite sandwiches or favorite dog. Sorry. I'm trying to type and talk here. Target field. Um, um, and, and you don't, you don't have meat. So you want like an Italian sausage cause you like all the spices and the flavor that come along with that, but you don't necessarily want some of the, the downsides.
0: Texture is you know.
1: important though too. Right. Exactly. And so they've done a really good job of doing it and I'm still looking, I'm still looking, I'm still looking, but it's at target field. They said, um, and I don't know if it's like, probably only like specific locations. I'm assuming, um, it's uh, I'm, I'm into it. I'll, so I'll find it. It's see. Yeah. we found alongside the MSP kosher hot dog cart at section 129. And they have an Italian sausage, a sriracha brat, and Ooh. then you can put all the all the kind of accoutrement on top of it, of course. But I would be curious. Um, and you can look them up, it's online, herbivorous, you know, herbivorous butcher. They have a an actual location, of course, an actual shop that they sell cheeses and meats and they're all plant-based products and they're amazing they're getting national and even international recognition for their work that they do um, and attempting you know a lot of people ask me well, why if you're a vegetarian why do you like to replicate meat you know like don't you hate meat and it's like well no not necessarily some people don't like the taste or the texture of meat um, my wife does not prefer that <laughs> jokes I get it
3: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But some of us, like for me, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. Don't eat the
0: meat, but (laughs) sure (laughs) like the bone.
1: (laughs) Like I didn't necessarily stop eating meat because I didn't like the taste or the texture or anything like that. It was for different reasons. And so whenever I have this chance to, you know, for example, I love pepperoni. There's this great pepperoni product that we buy when we make pizza. And it's all plant-based, but it has the spices, and it has the texture, and it has all those things that I remember. Now, it's been a long time.
2: pepperoni, by the way, because that's uh, that's the, one of the bride's favorite things. Um, so-
1: it's made by a company a, called sorry. Eves. It's a Canadian company. It's Y-V-E-S. And they have all kinds of products like that, but that's my favorite. And I think Herbivorous Butcher does pepperoni as well. That you, oh, awesome. That you can buy either already pre-sliced or you can buy it in a – you know, a sausage and then you can slice it. Um, but they do all kinds of stuff.
2: Short drink brought to you by. Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) Hey, did you you try the impossible Whopper? Did they, did they pilot that around at all?
1: It's not out yet in Colorado, but I'm, I definitely going to, we, we eat a lot of, uh, beyond meat products, which Uh just had their IPO and their, um, Kind of working to get in restaurants as well again my wife doesn't really like it because it's almost too much like Meat, Meant, so yeah she the smell and the texture and stuff almost put her off of it yeah but i i do like it and i enjoy it awesome um, awesome well there's a i'm a glad that Bert there's something there for you to scratch that
0: itch like
1: yeah, because what Is it does your preference.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: there are some, like I said, vegetarians who would be like, What are you even doing? And even normal people, but it's like it also allows people like myself. So for example, Chili's sells the Beyond Burger. If you were to like, hey, let's go to Chili's. Um, I'd be like, Let's go to Chili's, because I know you guys can eat whatever yeah. you want. And I have an option there that allows me to go out with my friends and do the things and not be like, I'll take French fries and a Coke. Right, right. You know, at, at okay. a very at like a very um, mainstream restaurant, you yeah. Know, so, yeah. And you know what? For some people who want to try meatless Mondays, or who do have some health concerns, they could have a burger a week that doesn't have cholesterol, or maybe has some other can address some other health issues, and still go back to doing what they normally do. And and um, you know, they can just work it in that way. But herbivorous butchers doing the Lord's work, as far as I'm concerned. And I I really wish they had something close by because I would I would eat. I mean they, they sell like sandwiches at their shop. Um, like I said, they ship stuff around the United States. They've gotten all kind of recognition and, and obviously Target Field has their product there as well to appeal to folks like me who want to go to a baseball game and have a have a hot dog and not necessarily eat meat. So
2: that's awesome. Thank you. I I'm gonna try that tomorrow. Yeah. I am uh, very guilty... Well, guilty. I When I go out, out to eat, I almost always get some sort of burger or... Uh, that's usually the go-to because I don't really have that at home. But I do have high cholesterol, like especially high cholesterol, and I've had a lot of luck getting it. It's got a great trajectory, but I have you know predisposed to a lot of stuff. So I'm uh, likely to have to make some changes. So if I can find some stuff that would be better for me, that would be good. So... I'm, uh, I'm going to try it both at the ballpark tomorrow, but perhaps in general.
1: Yeah, I'd be uh, interested so- in feedback. I always, I what I'm planning to do, nah, I shouldn't say planning, what I'd like to do is going to work with my coworkers and just be like, hey, I'm going to do a bunch of burgers and sausages because I do, Beyond Meat does Italian sausage and regular brats and do some other stuff because my opinion is somewhat limited because I haven't eaten meat in almost 10 years. And so I don't remember both mentally but also taste buds remember what actual meat tastes like and so when someone who does consume meat eats it and says yeah you know it's not the same i get it but it's getting it's getting closer you know like it does if i have a loaded um i had a coworker who tried it he said if i have a loaded cheeseburger you know with ketchup and mustard and lettuce and tomato i can't tell the difference wow you know, because all the other flavors and stuff and it has yeah. the saltiness and it has, you know, what I'm looking for when I eat a burger. So, but, and I, you know, it's, it's hard because you don't want to be preachy. Nobody wants to hear, you know, Oh, what's the, oh, know, sure. how do you know somebody's a vegan? Well, will just, they'll tell you, you know, nobody wants that. Um, but I get excited. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I get excited to, to, to share that stuff because I know that, that's um, getting better and better. It's not like the veggie burgers of 15 years ago where it was this the like- you stars. Yeah. <laughs> you, can see,
0: you can see curled the fucking corn in those things. Yeah, that, yeah. That's not no. a goddamn hamburger.
1: Right, right. They're, they're discs of cardboard and they were awful. Yeah. And so these are people who are like, you know what? We're embarrassed by that. In fact, one of the founders always jokes that the original veggie burgers was actually a ploy by the meat industry <laughs> to oh. keep people from eating veggie burgers. Cause they were so terrible <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there I, I uh, love uh, to feedback. I'm uh, oh, sorry. So,
0: I, will uh, yeah, try it. It, it is something I am tossing around, uh, really trying, uh, to go animalless for a period of time. Um, just because I think it's just to see how it affects my body. I'm really dealing with
1: inflammation a lot recently. And well, I'll say this I mean, I it is a lot easier now. I have a co worker who's vegetarian and she's been vegetarian for 25 or 30 years. Um, and we just talk about how I can go in the frozen food aisle and um uh, well it's not recommended, of course, that you would just consume all kinds of frozen foods, but you can go into the frozen food aisle of your just general grocery store now. They have a vegetarian and plant based protein section, at least at my local Kroger, which is called King Supers, but it's a Kroger. Yeah. Um, or Safeway or whatever it is that you know you have. And the options are there. Some they're a varying quality, of course. Right. Um, um but In fact, I have this picture of this product that I sent to my wife, and I'm like, I, you know, I try everything. It comes out like vegan vegetarian. I'm gonna, I just, I love to see what what it's like. And this is like this cheeseburger with the cheese in it, but of course, it's not juicy Lucy. Yeah, but it's yeah, 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 as they call it, it's non dairy cheese, which is fine. Again, (laughs) varying quality, but it looks like a thing. Like it looks American. You know what I mean? That's like. It's meat and cheese intermingled. <laughs> and yeah. What else more could we want than it looks like something, right Palmer, would
0: yeah. <laughs> <That's> something <laughs> Palmer would eat. Yeah. Palmer would eat. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I, I love to try it.
1: I want to try yeah. this uh, like vegan take on it or vegetarian take on it. No, that's, there,
2: it's, I mean, I think the key in some ways for guys like Palmer and me that are used to eating <laughs> meat and don't have a really strong motivation is finding something that is truly tasty. Like yeah. There was a... There was a when, when I lived in Cleveland Heights, uh, I don't know, Palmer, if you ever went to this place with us, and I'm guessing... I don't remember. Anyway, but it was on the corner. It was called... I think it was called Tavern Co., but they would have like a burger deal on Mondays that would just like pack the place, and we could walk up there in less than five minutes. And their veggie burger... I don't remember what they called it. They didn't call it that. I just loved it so much. I don't remember why I tried it, but I never ordered anything else because I... I just adore like it just tasted better than anything to me, um, but I haven't had that experience since. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited to to I'm excited to take you up on your your uh, recommendation.
1: Yeah, and the intent of these companies like Palmer talked about with Impossible Burger and then Beyond Burger, which are the kind of the two meat like substitutes. You know, they're not they're not appealing to. They're not intent is not to appeal to people like me. Yeah, um, people not, like me. That's not their goal. They want to appeal to people like you guys who eat meat and say, hey, you know, have you considered kind of the ecological impact of your diet? Have you considered the health impact of your diet? Would you consider attempting to try this and see what you think about it?
0: Here's this thing that scratches all, like it hits all the buttons that you want, the texture, the taste, the smell. It's indistinguishable. That's their, I mean, that with the Impossible Whopper, that's, you can't tell the difference between this and the regular Whopper, which I don't, I mean, some would argue that's a commentary on Whoppers, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, um,
1: yeah. I mean, and, and kind of the next step, not the next step, it's a different step, but there are companies right now, if people are listening and really want to dive deep into this, is a one of the leading ones called Memphis Meats. And what they do is they take DNA from like the feather of a chicken or um, from like uh, the skin of a cow and they replicate it in a lab and they grow a hamburger. And it's a real hamburger, it's real meat, but it's grown in a lab and they can grow the fat, they can grow the actual meat. And it's a way to actually eat legitimate meat, just like you would get in the store. But it's grown in a lab and you would be able to eat a cheeseburger or hamburger, but it's actual meat. But what? you didn't have to slaughter a cow. You didn't have to have all the land and water usage. You didn't have to have all yeah. the carbon from shipping the product around the country. Um, but it's all replicated via a lab. It's obviously very expensive right now. But there are multiple startups that are attempting to solve that kind of conundrum of do you need, do you need to have fake it? can you fake it or can you have the real thing? You just don't have to have the, yeah. the hooves and the thing walking around.
0: So. Yeah. And the, in the, like the commercial farming, like a complete alternative
1: to commercial farming. Right. Right? right. right. So I don't know what all that looks like. I'm sure there's all kinds of questions that need to be answered regarding, you know, ethics and whatever, but, but you know, there are also people looking at where we could be climate wise in 15, 20 years. And it, it's not great. Do we have 15 to 20 years? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And like, how can we address it? Fucking boomers. In such, in small ways of just like, how do we eat every day? And how can we look at it and say, well, do we need, do we need to compromise? And if we do, how much do we really need to compromise? If at all on something. So who knows? I don't, I'm excited to see what the next couple of years look like. in these, do you,
0: um, from, from your uh, lifestyle choices, do you, would that satisfy um, your moral? Yeah, uh, hang ups with meat if it was grown in a lab like that. Would, yeah, I would eat it. You would eat it if it sure. was lab grown. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that's an no- interesting question, and, and I would, I would assu- and I don't want to make assumptions because she's a strong, independent woman, but I would assume your wife still would not just because she, in the end of the day, also does not like meat. Correct
1: right yeah right. unfortunately for me no no wait that's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> which no. pretty much means yeah. i'm a
0: vegetarian yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no but she, i
0: do love a tasty
1: burger. yeah she she's not a fan of the actual like texture really yeah or anything it's just but
0: she sure makes the bone <laughs> I'm not
1: gonna,
0: every time every time i'm not gonna I, oh
1: is. man the vegan hijack the podcast that <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> Please shut up and stop preaching already. No, no, no. Yeah, but Palm or uh, Dave, I'm gonna hit you up. I'll send you a text and see if. Yeah, you, please do. I, be like, I'm gonna hey. try it. If you ended up, if you ended up doing it, really, like I would love honest, clear feedback about what you thought. Or I would too. I wanna hear. Yeah. I wanna hear this for sure.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And to close the loop, I found the picture of the polar opposite, <laughs> the end of the spectrum. Uh, so let me share my screen real quick yeah. here you guys can see me with the boomstick oh
3: this is dave live
2: with the bureau (laughs) dinner's down (laughs) so oh Oh,
0: my goodness (laughs) oops
2: it is um
0: yeah (laughs) so that's cheese sauce that's not mustard i thought that was mustard yeah
2: it but it's that sort of cheese sauce and so i for i did not get so it's supposed to be like that all over and then chili and then uh,
0: these big-ass onions, and I would then get all that shit. I'd get all that shit, and I'd fucking dump half of it down the front of me.
2: <laughs> I was... Yeah, I didn't make a mess somehow, and I I definitely had some gas. I mean, yeah. I'm glad to have been outside, but uh, it wasn't oh, yeah. too bad. I didn't, like, shit my pants or anything. That's,
1: <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's intimidating.
0: Shit pa- he ship your pants? Yeah, shit my pants over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that Kmart? So that just...
2: just Proof real. that I ate it, I guess, and that, but I did. I guess I kind of ate half the bun. I, <sighs> I, I did not like the hot dog, if you can call it that, without the bun. some sort of bread. Yeah, yeah, I need a little something yeah. <laughs> just to sort of help, kind of with everything. What kind of hot uh, dog
0: was it? Are we talking like Eckridge or Nathan's? Like, if you were going to be say. on the spectrum in there, like
2: it, di- I did. It did not advertise, and what we've been calling it is. <laughs> 24 inches of mystery meat yeah. is what we've
0: been going around the <laughs> well, house. What kind of texture did it have? Was it, did, like, did it, like... Just another Tuesday night, then, asked. is what you had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, was,
2: <laughs> it didn't have the, you know, because we've I've talked before, I hate the snap. I know a lot of people love the snap, but I hate a snappy hot dog. I
0: love snap.
2: Yeah, uh, that's... You're, you're not alone, and you'd be very happy in our new hockey arena, but I am miserable because of it. Uh... Anyway, the... So it's baloney-esque. It's that sort of thing. Oh, but it okay, had a yeah. nice, like, um, spice to it. But it was alarming to watch it, because it, it is so long. That's yeah. what she said. It is so just disturbing to watch them kind of flip it and <laughs> handle it and stuff. I was just like... I was having so many second thoughts. Yeah. I like, I don't know if Loom I could take this. my dick's nickname in college, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <it>
3: yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: All right. Mm, well, that that was right. worth, very worthwhile, Tw- Twinkie. I would like to hear a bit more about um, the thing, the Denver, the con you volunteer at. Like, can you kind of give us a reporting from? Yeah, that's so cool that you do that. Like, how many years have you been doing that? Tell us more about. Yeah, tell us more about the convention, if you would. So it was
1: Denver Comic Con for a while. It's now Denver Pop Culture Con, and I'm not sure. Oh, if, I like that. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is happening nationwide or this is Denver just did it to say yes it's comics but it's also you know it's it's movies it's it's books. what we would call like nerd culture right yeah like, it's it's yeah. all of that pop culture stuff that what well, used to be nerd culture but you know everybody goes to see marvel movies now and, yeah yeah you know reading a comic book is very commonplace um but well uh, yeah so it's now denver pop culture con and i have i try to do two of the of the three days that it runs and occasionally, either a setup or a teardown day, but this year was just two days. And um, it runs over a weekend. It changes. I I forget when it's even next year to have it in my calendar. But um, yeah, so I I volunteer, and I I really have attempted purposefully. I've I've had these like itchings to like You can apply to be higher level of a volunteer, and we'll get to that in just a second. And I've had itchings to want to do that. But there really is just something about showing up, putting on the red shirt. Which you get a red shirt if you're like the bottom feeder volunteer person, as a joke, as a Star Trek joke. That, that yeah, was yeah. that was intentional. <laughs> um, which is not lost on anyone. Um, <laughs> so you get your red shirt, and I just like to be. And told I'm what,
0: dying on this mission. Yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I just like to be told what to do. You know, I I have to make decisions that we all have to make decisions at our job every day. We all have that kind of stuff. And it's nice to just show up and have someone herd you around and say, do this, go to lunch now, be here, say this. And I I just really enjoy that. And I don't want to do more, even though occasionally I think like, I'd be cool to like manage people at this or help out in this area or become a, and they have all kinds of ranks and whatever. But for now, and in the near future, with all of other life going on, it's nice to just show up and be told what to do so um i usually volunteer in volunteer services which is helping other volunteers but occasionally you just uh again called a floater and
0: (laughs) yeah better than a fluffer yeah (laughs) there you go
1: (laughs) it's it's uh kind of exactly that you just get shoved into whatever area needs help um which is again fine because i get to see all different areas and in this This instance, I did volunteer services, which checks people, all the volunteers in and make sure they know where they're going and have all the appropriate lanyards and badges and um, kind of a general idea of when they're supposed to be getting lunches and so on and so forth. And that's really encouraging because there's people of all ages, uh, multiple genders and across, you know, across that spectrum as well, who just want to come and help out, you know, who want to do whatever it is that they do. And some people are very clear about what they want. They've done the X for the last, whatever, five years, and that's what they want. Other people want to try new things, but either way, ever you know, for the most part, people are very much interested in just being there, um, hanging out with people of similar interest and, you know, trying to help out Um, And that I do enjoy, you know, from teenagers to corporations send volunteers or corporate volunteers, you know, for a day. Um, So it's good. It's really exciting in the sense that it kind of renews your faith in humanity a little bit. Um, I think I mentioned last time that I did have a little bit of a struggle with the, the part where people pay money to, like, get their pictures taken professionally. Yeah, And they use volunteers to like staff all of that. Meanwhile, there's this corporation that, you know, kind of like Carnies, but professional photographers that travel around from culture, these cons, taking pictures of celebrities with people and they're profiting off the backs of volunteers. And that I I did ask to not do that this year because that does kind of bother me a little bit. Yeah, You know, if you're making money, you should have you should be paying people to staff it. And I get it you know, like, are they partnered with the famous person? They're for photo- Like if it, no, like- so like uh, this company, whatever it is, I don't even know what it is, but company B goes to the con and then I pay a hundred dollars to get my picture taken with, you know, a celebrity or whomever the celebrity gets a cut and the, the company gets a cut and I'm sure the con gets a cut. Yeah.
0: And the meantime, but- like the people hurting
1: the cats are the volunteers. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, I get it. Like I understand it to some degree. Um, The volunteers will usually get invited to take a picture like I did. We'll get to that in just a minute. But what I did wasn't that. And I'll explain the difference in a minute. Um, Usually the people who did it will occasionally get invited. I think like when I was in there, Nathan Fillion invited some of the people to get their picture taken with him. You know, he's very generous and had the volunteers and that's usually enough for the most of the volunteers. But occasionally, you know. Um, people like John Cusack, for example. And again, he's not obligated. I'm not trying to badmouth John Cusack on our, our national podcast here that, um, you know, but he just was like, he's done and he's moving on and that's it. But, you know, they're making money and the volunteers aren't. And, and I know you're volunteering. It just seemed a little off to me. Um, but what I did was there's a big hall opening up that opens up and you can walk in and again, you're still paying money um, to get a photograph or a signature or something, but there's not another company that's like feeding off of that. You know, when you give whatever it was, $80 to Christopher Lloyd, I'm sure the, com, the con gets some of that, but Christopher Lloyd's getting all of, you know, the most of it. And then if you want to go sell it on eBay, you know, that's up to you, but he's doing whatever he's doing. And, and, and it's more of a one-to-one agreement, you know, it's expensive to pay Christopher Lloyd, but I know that it's going to Christopher Lloyd, not all right. this stuff. So, um, so to my Christopher Lloyd, I got assigned his line and I end up being the selfie person, the selfie dude. So whenever somebody wanted their picture taken with Christopher Lloyd, I would grab their phone and like take the picture. Oh, nice. So that's awesome. why I was so, cl- I was so close because I'd be like, they'd be like, hey, you know, Tim over here or jennifer once their picture taken i'd walk up be like oh it's an iphone thank god i know how to use an iphone yeah. if, <laughs> if it wasn't then i'd have to be like what do you tell me what you want you want it? do you want it uh, vertical or horizontal or you know but you what, take
0: it like I, a human being it is in landscape mode yeah like, i yeah. always did landscape
1: but occasionally yeah. they would do vertical um and then I, oh,
0: who are these aliens Laser i don't know people.
1: i don't know <laughs> so then you just fire off a bunch of shots and um He'd be done. But that means I had to stay right there because, you know, you're trying to keep things moving. And I right, Christopher Lloyd, just a wonderful human being. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to he like be like he'd turn to the his manager and then there'd be a con person also there. And he'd just look at him because he had like Reese cups that he'd be eating and then he'd be like, he's look at him, this sideways glance, just like I'm doing now. I don't know. Really, he he's he's getting older and he couldn't really turn his head, he kinda had to move his whole body. And and you look at his manager and his manager like, and then he would leave for like ten minutes because Christopher Lloyd needs to have a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's awesome.
1: Um, and it wasn't like he sat down for fifteen minutes and did this. It was like two hours. Wow. And then, like, time for a smoke break. Um, and then, um, he would leave and go do something else. He'd be on a panel or something, and they'd be like, "Okay, so you have like you know forty minutes." have you eaten lunch? No. Okay. You need to go to the lunch break room and eat lunch. And I'd be like, okay, cool. And then the guy's like, no, 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 no. Hang on. Actually change that. And he like gave me his lanyard and he sent me back to like the green room area where they stage all the, um, I forget they call them the talent or the yeah. cast or whatever they call them. And I ate while like all these celebrities are walking by. And of course you're like, don't talk to anybody. Yeah. Don't look at anybody. Don't, you know, just pretend engaged. like it's fine. Everything's yeah. normal. You're just eating lunches. All these like t- television and movie people walk back and forth. Um, but so that's like a perk. Yeah, I mean, that, that, like just as like be able to
0: know the people that you saw walking by for while you're eating lunch. Like
1: I would consider sure. that a perk of yeah, like, absolutely. Like uh, who's the I forget he was just in that Shazam movie. But he's uh-huh. been a lot of stuff. Chuck, yeah, yeah uh, the guy from Chuck. I love that show. Yeah, he was there. I'm sorry, Dude, like, Zachary, Levi. Zach- That's Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi. Yeah, oh, exactly. He was, but he was there this year, of course, a very very popular because of Shazam, and then of course all the other stuff that he's done. He, my daughter knows him from The Voice Entangled. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, so Flynn Rider. Yeah, Flynn Rider. So he's done all kinds of things, but he was kind of the main draw there. Got most of the people. Uh, George Takei was awesome. there wow, the nice. new, those are the people again there are lines out the the door for people i've never heard of and i'm like oh, i'm getting old and i hate it i hate that yeah. younger newer yeah sort of- and i'm not i'm not mad at that i'm just mad at the fact that i'm old and i don't know the cool stuff anymore you know
0: yeah no that's frustrating yeah I, uh, like, we i had that moment with the bands last night like they all looked
1: like they were 12 all of them and i'm yeah. like and I'm not frustrated at them. It's not old man. Just like yeah. I'm sure you're saying. It's not like, oh, who are these young kids? Yeah, no, no. Like they're talented and everything. I, I'm just like. These I people are, had- this guy who's in the line next had a huge line and he would like walk out and these girls are just like fainting because he's this young, handsome, you know, guy. But he would like walk out from behind his table um, and like take pictures with them. He'll high five them and they'd be laughing and they're, they're passing out. You know, they would. What? They'd be walking out of the line, and they'd just be like, "Do you remember who the guy is? I don't remember him." uh, Uh, Oh, that's so telling, though. Like, yeah, (laughs) they would just be like eyes big as dinner plates. They couldn't believe they touched that guy, you know. And it's really fun to see that, you know, even if it's fifty bucks or whatever it is, he really engaged them and said, "You know, you're worth my time. I'm not just going to sign this thing real quick and be like, you know." Take this yeah thanks stephanie you know or whatever right really engaged them and had a made the experience memorable for them and that's the part about comic-con that is rewarding it costs money to run these things it's nobody's kidding anybody um but at least make it seem like it's worth the 70 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever right. it, you know that you're paying <sighs> right
2: that's so cool that you did the thing where you're taking the people's pictures at that kind of alternate i actually i hear about comic cons and stuff like that sometimes from people that do those panels and some like the podcasts i listen to and stuff yeah and the the debate about uh they don't you know at first they're uncomfortable with charging but then they have to kind of get on board because if they choose not to then it makes everybody else look bad and ultimately it's how these people make their living blah 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 right but um I love the idea that there's this kind of alter. I did not know about what you were saying about how this side company is like taking part of that money and has nothing to do with anything. And yeah, and again, that's that's like
1: professional zone. And again, I know that we have to pay money to rent out the rent out the Colorado Convention Center. And I mean, I I get that these are businesses. Yeah, but but
0: that almost feels like a vulture company where it's just like like they're not they're not contributing that money back that they're like any of that money back
1: into that rental fee. Like that's right.
0: going into their pocket. You right. Know? They're just like,
1: providing a person with a camera and uh, it's about Okay. Ghost name is Zach Levi. Okay. You got like eight seconds. Hi. It's nice to meet. You. Cool.
0: Oh, All right.
1: Yep. Now go buy the picture. Oh, my picture is blurry. Yeah. yeah. Like, go buy yeah. the picture at the thing for who knows how much. And I, I it's just me. I know like I probably have this like you know hippie <laughs> hippie version view of like what the world should be and I I just see like a rampant capitalism destroying the country that I love and I hate that it like invades my little like this is my little corner of the world you right? know like, and I don't and, it, yeah it
2: should be based around like joy and appreciation yeah. and, and
1: you know, it's like that's stuff. not
0: the fucking American dream that's the other piece that I'll, like I get in the debate with uh, with Yoda sometimes about it where it's like I understand where you you're like well that's like it's America is capitalism and you should like try to make a profit if you can and but th- there's a difference between the America pursuing the American dream of like earning a solid living to live a lifestyle that you want versus like that's just vulturism. it just feels like like dave yeah. said like they're not they're not doing anything to earn that money except be there to take it Really, and it's like
1: if you need people to run your lines and you need all this stuff, then I feel like you should pay for that. Yeah, yeah. I I have these professional photographs, and why we, why do we have volunteers? You know,
2: well, especially when everyone does have a camera in their pocket now. Yep,
0: right. Uh, Um, Good cameras, like
2: yeah, better and better all the time. I was just (laughs)
0: noticing that, like how how DSLRs are like. I'm rarely seeing. Even professional photographers use those now. They really? they pull wow. out like their cell phones and have like these crazy rigs to hold their phone oh, yeah. with. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, um, uh yeah. So yeah. and
1: it's, it just feels different to me. And I get splitting hairs of I'm gonna give Zachary Levi by eighty bucks, and I'm gonna get a photograph. Or I'm gonna get an autograph like a shiny picture. Or I'm gonna shake his hand because I get that transaction. Zachary Levi needs to make a living. Yeah. And and yeah. fame is how he makes his living and me being able to talk to him requires that admission. And I'm okay. Time. It's all about yeah. time. Like but and so that's gets- why when Christopher Lloyd, you know, he he came out a couple times because there were larger groups and there were some disabled folk. and so he would come out from behind the table and there was one point where the foot of the family ask Oh, I know. So one of the girls, a teenage girl, being a teenage girl was just so embarrassed and so shy, but she's a big fan. She would, I heard her talking in line to her parents about, you know, her favorite scene and like, I don't know what it was. It wasn't even, uh, it was in, um, it wasn't, I mean, she obviously had seen Back to the Future, but it was the, what's the monster one? Sorry, I'm so embarrassed. But it's the, the monster with Christopher Lloyd, right? Is that the monsters? Oh, no, Adam's family. Adam's family. Thank you. Yeah, he's better. He's better. Oh my God, I forgot that was him. Yeah, yeah. so she's a big fan of him in the Adam's family, and um, but just was so embarrassed. So they, they, anyway, they all got their picture taken, and as they're leaving, the mom was like, "Oh, you know, she's a big fan of you in Adam's family." He's like, "Oh yeah, thank you very much," and blah blah blah, and she and and then he was something like. Well, do you want your picture taken? Or no, they asked, Is it okay if we take your picture with just her? He's like, I don't know if I can do that. And he meant it. He wasn't sure. And then he like looked over and nobody's paying attention. He's like, just take the picture. And so he like, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That picture. Because you know, he does have an obligation probably to his manager because sure. his manager's making money off of him. Yeah. There's a whole just thing. And you kind of i don't know i just it feels icky some of it feels a little like like this girl's 13 you know but if he made the exception and he took a picture with every 13 year old girl who loved him from adam's family you'd be there for six days that people come up to his house and wanting their picture taken, you know so i get it i really do there's a there's a line though between me making money or them making money and then like scorched earth making money you know like yeah. yeah.
2: And it's, it can sully the experience, you know, it, to have it feel icky like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I am glad to hear that you got to be involved in it the way you were. We, um, I've rarely done stuff like that. I had that one. I went to one, I've gone to one con to speak of that I went to one in Cleveland once where they actually screened an early cut of our Crow movie, but that was like in 1995. So cons were a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they were a lot smaller, but, uh, when I did go to the one where to meet James Obar in like 2014, the you know the the author of the Crow, the, art, the artist that drew it, um, I I told this on a different episode, and I'm, I imagine you heard it, but just in case, whatever. It uh, was this weird thing where he was in what they call Artist Alley, so it's not like there it was this formal system of a line and, uh, you know, you have that pay thing because that's the first we witnessed that we're walking around seeing like. Ernie Hudson, who we'd see in real life for free, right?
3: <laughs> a couple of years later, <laughs> I <remember that> story. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: and, uh, but Nathan Philly and stuff, we'd see him from far away, but like, you couldn't even take your cell phone out because they're like, right. hey, 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 you know, the staff and stuff. Uh, but even with James Obar, with artist alley, like I wanted to just go up and, and talk with them. I mean, I, I didn't have anything I wanted other than to, sh- you know, sort of have an audience with him for a minute. Um, but it, he wouldn't really engage me. <laughs> it was like the person working his table, so I really did have to like engage with this person. I had to buy some stuff for some prints, and then once I did that, then it was like I was like, "Oh, okay, that's how this works." Yeah. Um, and I'll always kind of remember that part. But thankfully, like after that, it was just him and and me. I probably I don't I don't think it would have been anything to take a picture or whatever. But I I sort of didn't want that. To be part of it sure. but uh yeah though it'd be nice to have the picture it was more important to me to have the experience so i can imagine that yeah i yeah it's a pretty delicate thing like this like, it can be especially like if you're a big fan of somebody someone so that you pass out or whatever yeah, So yeah,
1: i mean but i had this oh sorry go ahead well, i was gonna say i just want you to kind of top that off and then i really want to hear the end of the story but like people are paying money to get in they're buying yeah. overpriced hot dogs and they're not 24 inches, but they're still paying <laughs> they're a lot of money. Terrible, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know what? These are people not making a lot of money, some of them, right? Yeah. They're passionate about this thing, but they paid a lot of money. And now you want to pay another $80 or $100 or whatever it is, $50 to get their an autograph or a picture from this person that they really like. And it's hard for me when I see less than like – enthusiasm from the people or just kindness yep. or generosity yep. from the people who are getting that. Cause I'm like, please don't lose touch with reality that people are making 25, $30,000 a year out here. And they're, what they're giving you is a lot to them. Yeah, It's a lot. It's a lot to me. And I make a really, I freely say I make a good income and I I live a good life, but it's a lot of money. Yeah, And for people who are just trying to get by like don't, don't lose touch with the fact that these people are supporting you and they are barely doing it, you know? Or, yeah. And that you're part, you picture, the picture taker, you know, as part of that
2: experience. Yeah. Um, and I had a great so time. they're on. lucky to have you doing that. I, I,
1: figured early, I figured out early on to like help them loosen up a little bit because a lot of them are very nervous because they got to like walk behind the table and stand right next to Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> um, which was just terrifying to some of these people. Yeah. Um, and so to like, I had a minute to be like, Hey, you know, how's it gone? You enjoying your con? Like, what was your favorite part? Oh, great. You know, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Cause I'm going to go check out this artist and art. they call it authors alley or something. Now but there's a couple of that I wanted to check. And Holly had a couple artists there that I wanted to check out. Have you, have you seen this person? You know, no, no. All right. Well, it's your turn now, you know? And, yeah, just go back there. Stand right next to him. He's totally fine with it. And so he had a chance to like help them make the spirit experience memorable by them not just being like, Ooh, "Yeah," as oh, teacher. that's good. Um, that's and Thank really you. tried to help them realize that he is enjoying this. This isn't business. I've heard him joking with people and talking with people and laughing and having a good time. Like this isn't just like. Come here, kid. Let me take your picture. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it! This is the fortieth one of the day. You know. But yeah. he was really having a good time. So. That's great. Awesome. The, the bride and
2: actually is a good this, person. Oh, sorry. I you got a, your picture. I just before I forget, and in case this informs your future uh, duties in this manner, I'm going to share my screen one more time. We don't normally do this stuff like this, but for some reason we got a all access thing when we saw Craig Robinson the from the office. And we got our pictures taken. Oh this yeah! Is, but so we have one obviously where we're all turned towards a camera. But to protect her identity and stuff, I was, yeah, I wasn't including that. But um, the guy. So it was this really perfectly. Is the Acme Comedy Club, and it was I don't remember. I don't know what the cost differential was. I don't think it was very much, um, or we wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but, um, not not any reflection on craig robinson i think <laughs> whatever uh but so uh after the show they just you go into the to this line and there wasn't even a camera dude didn't even have a camera he just took your cell phone and took the picture just like i think what you're describing right yeah. but this guy was great and that like you know this shot that i'm showing is uh the bride gave uh, him our zach and miri uh dvd zach and miri make a porn right. oh, cool. and she said <laughs> She goes. There's no such thing as free titties, is there, Craig? (laughs) Which is a line that (laughs) a line that he says in the movie. Uh, And he laughed. He's like, "Oh, that's." And he's like, "I love that this movie actually." And but it was nice. And then, but so the guy taking the cell phone picture didn't have to take this, you know. But he was he was nice enough to kind of get invested and and all that, and it moved quickly. I was worried because I it's I don't like the sort of awkwardness of it all. But right. the guy helped with that, and it was a, it was a really nice experience. But I, it could have not been for any if any one of those elements oh, was yeah. like a little bit off.
1: Uh-huh. I, I you see that too. You definitely see that, you know, and that's why it's hard. Why I have a, a little bit of a mix. I I want to volunteer. I want to get in there, but it don't meet you know, your I, heroes. Yeah, there are situations <laughs> where you're just like oh, Stephen King
0: says that don't meet your heroes, oh, which is oh, why I don't ever think I want to meet Stephen King. I don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, again, cause you don't want that awkwardness in your mind. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, what's helpful and it's been helpful to me is when you start working the con and you, you start getting to deal with celebrities, they'll tell you just don't just do whatever, just be you. We just ask that you not interact with them because they have had in the past these really bad situations. So we're not saying don't interact with them because they're assholes and we, they don't want to talk to you. We're just saying we don't want to, have situations develop. Most of them invite you. As my story indicates, I got invited um, to get my picture taken with Mr. Lloyd and he was great, you know, he was a lovely person. Because what had happened was I had said, um, so my my shift wasn't over yet, but they wanted me to go somewhere else because he was done or gonna be done really soon. And his line was almost empty anyway. And so I just went to the, I didn't tell him this, I went to the, the person assigned to work with him, not his manager from the Comic-Con, I just said, um, Joe Blow, whatever is moving me somewhere else. Is there anything else I can do before I leave? Is there anything you want? And his manager's like, Hey, would you like your picture taken? I would love that. That would be fantastic. Mr. Lloyd's like, you know, come around. So I go around, they take my picture of which I sent you the one with my eyes closed. (laughs) I have real ones, um, without eyes closed, but I just thought that was fun. And, um, and I just said, you know, thank you. I've really enjoyed watching you interact with everybody. It was really nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to Denver. He's like, did th- did they fire you? You know, just very like, deadpan. <laughs> oh wow! Obviously joking. And I said, well, I I wasn't gonna tell you that, but but they <laughs> did. Um, and he just laughed. And I was like, I made Christopher Lloyd laugh. I'm just gonna walk this way. And Good I'm night, ladies enjoy, and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna enjoy the rest of my day. Dropping the mic. As yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Did they?
2: Thanks, Chris.
1: Did they <laughs> um, fire you? Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna tell you, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a lovely experience. What it was my second day, my full day. Um, had a great time. And then you get a
0: free ticket for one day oh, yeah. the next year, right? Like that's well, what. The payoff I mean, is
1: right, right, exactly. So, in this case, because I worked Sunday the whole day, I got a free three day pass next year. Oh, nice! Which I give to Holly, and then we pick a day we go down there. Yeah, we go as a family. We didn't go this year, just life stuff, but um, we'll go next year. We'll pick a day that one of the days that I'm not working and we'll go walk around and hang out for a couple hours. There's enough for the kids. Awesome. Um, but it would be nice like as my daughter gets older just because she'll be the first one to kind of get this um if she has a chance she has shows that she likes if there's somebody there i would certainly like her to have that experience of meeting them and then if they're terrible it'd be a good life experience to be like <laughs> sorry there's like really terrible people out there but if it's a great experience you know um then she'll have a good time with it so that's awesome a Lot of cosplayers. Yeah, a lot of cosplayers. In fact, I've I've almost got some other people at work really close. I think I can get them to volunteer next year. I'm that I'm this close because I yeah. talk about it every year. Um uh, but I had some a family showed up and was in full one dressed as Aquaman and I think a couple Incredibles, the Incredibles children. Awesome. And his wife was dressed up as Deadpool. Awesome. Uh, and so they had a fun day on Sunday. I got to hang out with them uh, just on one of my short breaks and talk with them and chat a little bit. So I'm I'm spreading the love at my workplace. Look at uh, you building community. That's right. It was, yeah. a great, great time. it was a lot of fun to see them enjoying it. They love it. Their kids really like it. Uh, Good for you, they buddy. a picture taken with Zachary Levi, I think, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. they had just seen Shazam in the theaters um so yeah i that one i wish i would have seen that i heard it was good yeah so uh oh, it's good it's a great experience in spite of my kind of uh, awkwardness and some of the behind the scenes things i really do enjoy and again i enjoy just showing up and be like point me in the direction you want me to go and i will go and do the thing that you want me yeah. to do and i won't worry about the ethics or morality about it we'll just do you know and then If it's not something I like, I'll just say, I would prefer not to do that. And usually i will accommodate you without a problem.
0: Uh, That really seems like the path of least resistance. Yeah. You you know, like it's not my con. I didn't make it like I don't. Yeah, I don't. And you're going to get I mean, if you're if you're going to talk about any reward being the like free tickets for the next year, you're going to get that whether you take on the burden of responsibility of supervision versus the like total like. Just yeah. tell me, point me where you want me to yeah. go. You know, like I would much rather be pointed than have
1: I, any responsibility of supervision involved. Uh, yeah, last year what I did, I would, I would do it again, is I just moderated the different hall, not moderated, but the monitored the halls where all the actual panels are and just made sure everybody was in line for the place that, they, you know, hey, this is for right. designing cosplay for this show. Is this really what you want? No, I wanted – The Star Wars prop exhibit. Okay. That's over here. Yeah. Just helping people. Like that was as rewarding as standing next to Christopher Lloyd. It really is because I'm with my people, you know, like I'm with, I just see like these awkward teenagers um, and I just am like, man, if I would have had that as a kid, like how cool would that have been to be like, go to this one thing and be like, oh, these are people that all like the same weird shit that I like. I'm not so weird. You know, it's right. not weird shit. It's very normal, but in Ritman, Ohio, you know, we was.
0: did have, I mean, again, though, we had our, we did have our group of people. Mm-hmm. Like we had, I, I remember me, you and Steiner really liking, Uh, you know, like mystery science theater and star Wars, of course. So we were nerdy on, and, and, and you guys had your extended community through the church uh, like with other people that ultimately led to the community that we all shared with the cabin. So, yeah. Um, well, it would have been, of course, cons would have been great. Uh, and I, we all would have benefited from them. I think, uh, I am grateful. We, we did find outlets for that stuff. We did find community.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Twiki, how did you get involved? Uh, or how did you? choose to get involved or I don't know. Yeah. It's such a cool thing to, that you're doing uh, just yeah. in case someone hears this. And yeah. It's like, so oh, like um, idea,
1: but. it's a uh, Denver pop culture con has an open call for volunteers year round and you sign up and you do have to pass a background check, which I am grateful for that. You'd have to pass yeah. a background check. Um, and you have to live in Colorado for a certain number of years. And I think that's to, again,
0: uh, well, and it's keep to keep people from down. just coming out just to do the,
1: yeah. Uh, to keep the cost down for the background checks. Cause I think you have to pull background checks from multiple States and blah, blah, blah. So there's some costs, but you have to live in Colorado for a certain period of time. Um, and then yeah, you run a background check, put an application in and they're like, yes, you can. You kind of pick out some very general overarching categories, volunteer services, front office, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Uh, all kinds of things. And then from there, you kind of get dialed in a little better to what you want to do. I mean, there's disability services and uh, merchandise booths. And I mean, it goes on and on and on and on for the the human resources they require to keep a convention center running semi smoothly for three days. Um, and there's all I mean, they need people from all backgrounds.
0: Um, Adam, did Adam Savage show up to this one? No
1: Adam Savage.
0: No Adam Savage. He no. pretty much he, just does the the big one. Like he
1: the, probably does like San Diego. Yeah, and,
0: the San Diego
1: Comic Con in New York and some of those larger ones. But this did see, feel a little smaller than past years. I don't know if it was just an off year or if, or if maybe there was a peak and now there's so many comic cons. Yeah, like Salt Lake City has one, um, at least for for our area. So no longer are you pulling in people from right. state regions. There's now one in your in your state. <laughs> you know, that you can go to. So, hmm. um, but yeah, it was just, a, I think I became aware of it when they first announced it or when I first heard about it and it said, you know, I want to go, but I don't know if I necessarily want to spend, you know, money for all, everybody to go. And my wife, while she's lovely, it, it isn't necessarily her thing 100%, although she'll go. And I thought, well, I can volunteer, right? And then I can probably get a cross section and um, enjoy watching the people and helping people and not necessarily just go be an attendee. Um, So it's it's a way to give back a little bit too, you know,
0: yet again, Twinkie being noble, just such a
1: fucking awesome human being. It's a way to give back for all the things that I've enjoyed over the years, you know, a way to help people. And I don't know, I try to, You know, I'm not relying on it for some sort of income or anything. So I can maybe be a little more lighthearted and a little less intense as some people can get. Going back to one of my initial points was being a manager. There are some people who take it just a a little too much. Um, I'm not sure what they do in their day jobs, but they do get some level of satisfaction of ordering people around and whatnot. And so I enjoy being able to kind of diffuse some of that as well and just be like, pump the brakes there. This is like a 15-year-old kid volunteering. You don't have to berate them. Not berate, but, you know, you know, shake the finger and admonish them because they didn't do exactly what you told them to do. Like, they're 15 years old. Like, just be glad they're here and they're willing to stand there and, like, talk to people. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there is some, you know, some of that going on. But I, it's from a good place. They want, they want their con to run well and they they bring this level of intensity because they want to show that they're working hard but it's all right let's let's check ourselves a little bit here about what's really important what we're trying to accomplish right
2: that's awesome well I'm, I'm reminded too and I won't enumerate them because they take forever pointlessly but I'm just remembering back when I was trying to kind of get involved in the music scene even in Ohio um, some of the best experiences I had and some of the best opportunities came from sort of volunteer. I mean, volunteering is a broad way to put it. Um I remember we were talking about the Roomba cafe a little bit. And one of the venue I most wanted to play in Cleveland was the Beachland. Yeah. The yeah. Beachland Ballroom. Like really- Actually, isn't that where you saw Mumford and Sons Palmer? Am I making that up? That is, Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, fantastic. I, that was like, Oh, that would be so cool if I could play there. And I, I, it must have been in the back of my mind but I i don't know and so I, I signed up to be a part of their street team like to hang up posters for them and my thinking was yeah it wasn't in the back of my mind it was like it was part of the plan but it was like if i'm on the street team it it'll give me motivation to hang up my own sort of cafe posters um but like eventually if i someday then approach them like hey could i be a part of this bill they're like oh yeah that guy like it won't be like just who who who's this like they'll have I could? I don't know, it would help in some way, but but it was also, I don't know, it wasn't purely uh, what do you opportunistic? Like, I, I think there, I definitely reached a point, um, especially when I moved out to Minnesota and was doing stuff, I, I realized like I'm just doing this to get there and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but at that time, it was really sort of a genuine interest to to help and to be a part of a community more than I was without much of an in. So I think, especially if you're an ice, if you're a person that like you don't have like even you know talking about mystery science theater and the three of you you know you, twinkie and palmer and steiner like um it's great to have each other obviously you know invaluable but the idea then that there's the this larger community like you can it can kind of branch out it's like oh we're, we're not alone and it can, anyway but but if you don't even have those other two people. If you're just a Twinkie right. or Palmer, and you're, you're like, oh man, I want to get involved, or like, I wish I could be part of that. Volunteering is an easy way. Like, you got something to do, right. and then, at, at worst case scenario, you're like there, and people are not looking at you like, what are you doing here? And you're not thinking like, oh, what should I be doing? Where should I go? Or everybody's looking at me like you have a purpose, <laughs> and so uh, that part's cool. And then for me, I'm just with the beach to finish up the beachland example. My hope was that like someday. Like a year from now or whenever, when I ask them to be a part of a bill, it, it, they might consider it. They offered it to me, like within the first month, <laughs> just because yeah. like you're like you know in suddenly in the mix and, right. and you're helping them, and so they're happy to help you, and it's a a nice symbiosis. And uh, anyway, I'm, it's so cool that that you do it, and I'm really glad to finally get to hear a bit more about it. Uh, cause it always seemed like, oh my God, he's out there do- like doing, yeah. doing this
1: thing. Well, and, and, you're, <laughs> and to your point, maybe 10 years or five years or whatever, uh, uh, my life looks a little differently. The kids are maybe a little less, uh, of, of work, you know, like day to day, just in it work, you know, right now it's just with two young kids, it's a lot. And so, but in five years, if I'm showed that I've consistently volunteered, maybe I do want to take on more and I have more time to volunteer, Be- but And I've shown the consistency or maybe I want to, maybe I say, you know what? I'm tired of some of these things. I want to get involved. So maybe I have a chance to offer an opinion and and get it changed. You know? Yeah. Who knows? You know? And very possibly they may
2: very well recognize in you the qualities that you're bringing to the table. That Like they're like, oh, I'd like to have this guy's take like he'll help this situation we know what he's like we know what he's about knows personality he would be good here yeah sometimes it's it's hard to even identify those things in yourself right
0: i mean i could see that i'm sure it's like a committee-led thing that helps drive some of these decisions that i could see this very easily trans like down the line leading to that even that type of role uh with
1: this which is still a form of volunteering you know um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, I don't know what it takes to get a paying position, but I can't imagine it's any, it's easy. I mean, it's volunteering yeah. all the way up until yeah, the they, highest and- of ranks. So yep. that's awesome. And I mean, it is a nonprofit. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit guilty because I don't want it to come off. Like these people are just like making tons of money and walking away. It's a nonprofit. Uh, it's like something classroom and, and the money goes to like bringing content and product into the classroom to engage students who are maybe yeah. less likely to be engaged, but engaging them at this level of entertainment, you know, and saying um, a pop culture classroom or something is what it's called. It's like, you know, high risk kids, but you engage them at something they're interested in and try to get them to um, continue your education via this method rather than, you know, expelling them or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the education systems are like nowadays but you know just so there is there's a lot going on it's not just you know people making money and that makes me feel weird but it's just a piece of it
2: cool i wouldn't have guessed that (laughs) the the that angle yeah i would have guessed it just to be for profit so that's pretty cool
1: yeah it is nice it makes me does make me at the end of the day feel better (laughs) about it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so i was noticing before um before you kind of had to t- to take a little bit of a break, uh, that you were introducing Twinkies take as a section of your Twitch yeah. stream, inspired Tell us a little more about that, inspired
1: yeah. by Long Wash for a drink, yeah. So when you're trying to create content, and you're a person like me who is not necessarily a creative man, you just beg, borrow, and steal. That's yeah. you just rip off everything you can possibly find to like, how do I present something? that I want to talk about and how do I frame it and how do I do this? So, uh, yeah, I definitely just ripped it right off of Dave.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Twinkies (laughs) take is your thing.
1: Uh, (laughs) I think Dave coined it. I'm not sure. Maybe Palmer coined it. Somebody coined it. I didn't coin it. It's yours. (laughs) It's your your bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. so, I mean, I think I had done like a focus on game developers because I'm, it's really important to me that we talk about people. Palmer and I had a little bit of a signed conversation about one of the games that came out of E3 and how studios are finally being taken to task, if just a little bit, game development studios on just the shit, shit working conditions they have for the bulk of their workforce and just the soul crushing hours that they demand of these people.
0: Uh, Let me see if I can, if I can. Text- yeah.
1: And so that was what kind of inspired me to talk about the people who make these games because that's what it's important that's that's what I value. Sure, I want to be entertained, but I don't want people to like miss the life the five, five years of life of their child to try to make this piece of entertainment for me. I have no interest in that. Um and so there's more and more pressure on these studios to address that. Um and so well, the so twinkies take and burnout,
0: rampant, like suicide, uh, the oppression of women in the industry, um, just the oppression of the plebs, like the entry level, like it, yeah. some arguments that it's a form of modern day slavery, the way that they treat some of these workers for such little reward and, 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 and impact
1: there are journalists out here out here just doing um, amazing work at just shining a light directly on the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And making these some publicly traded, you know, companies answer to their shareholders and answer to the public about why people are being treated uh, I mean inhumane is a little strong but I'm going to use it but inhumanely, frankly, Just to get a piece of entertainment out to the public, you know.
0: And, of course, it gets worse depending on how large the company is. Uh, You know, EA is one of the larger, I mean, from multiple angles, but they're notorious. to kind of give
1: you, Dave, a little perspective, uh, Electronic Arts, this EA company, had to lay off hundreds of people. But they still found the ability to give their CFO a sixteen million dollar bonus. You know stuff like that that that'll not do. Stuff like that that is just disgust. Like it makes you, it may it just makes you feel awful, just terrible. And you know that stuff happens all the time in other, other places. But sooner or later, somebody shines a light on it, and it and it changes. And that's what we're just again in its infancy, but just starting to see. So it's that change.
0: That image I sent you Dave, the the first game in that series was released in 2007. I'm not sure how long their production cycle was prior to that, but let's just say I arguably 3 years probably. Um so if we go back to 2004, so let me yeah, i know. So that you figure from 2004 to now is that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. That's and that's the CEO of this mid level company. I um, I would say Witcher three. They really got a lot of notoriety for. Uh, they were a small independent company up to that point, but and now they have this really large game that's getting ready. To, I was hoping it was going to come out this year, but it's got pushed to April of next year. Uh, but that got that's what so 15 years and the guy looks uh he's aged so much and that's their ceo the you know so imagine what the grunts on the on the ground what it's doing to
1: them yeah so, and that's if they even la- i mean the burnout rates are extremely high um and- they, you know, the life cycle of someone who works, who's like, like, say, a computer programmer, and decides to go into video game is just short. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have numbers. There are all kinds of research that these journalists are doing. You know, and this, and this company that that Palmer's talking about is in Poland, and so in the EU, they even have stricter regulations about it. Yeah. So it's not even a U.S. company that's paying people. You know, an army of people, ten bucks an hour. Yeah. and 70 hours a week to you know get this done. And it's like it's in 2019. Like what are we yeah. what are it,
0: we doing? The one of the frustrations for me too is the fact that you have all of that really awful conditions goes into the production to essentially release a half-baked product that then is tested through your first year of release as they release updates then to fix all the things like it's you use your customers then to test your product. Uh, It's, it's not even to put them through all of that for a half baked product. That's the part that really frustrates
1: me on a lot of these games. And I mean, it's a challenging situation because you have people at these studios who I think are passionate. Right. And they do want to, some of them, want to put in 60 hours a week because they love what they do. And so you certainly don't want to stand up and say, you know, you know, you don't do that because there are people who would want to do it and are passionate and love it, you know, are really interested, but there are people who have families and life circumstances who are kind of guilted into it, right? It's not official. You have to be here, but you know, oh no, you can take the day off, but
0: you're never gonna advance in your career. Yeah,
1: right. So you're probably gonna get carried over onto the next project. Like, yeah. And so this, uh, like, E3 that we were talking about, is always now. This always comes up, and it's fantastic. It's great because all these people who are trying to get this big marketing shot of the year, right? This is their Super Bowl of video games. This is their chance to show everybody what's coming up. And then people are shoving microphones in their faces and saying, how are you treating your workers? Right, And I love it. You know um, it's bringing up talks of unionization, which I think at the very least having that conversation will change things. Yeah. Um, If not full on unionization, which is why the film industry works, right? Those people work insane hours, but at least they're compensated for it. Right. And at least it's a, defined period of time right you're on a movie for a couple months right three months i don't know what a shoot is yeah but it's well, even
2: production days and stuff they're long but there are such strict rules and regulations that yeah it's it, if you if you go past that's why they say make your day because if you go past like a certain thing you have to get authorization and people start to get overtime and it's a big thing yeah. um Right, and actually, um, one of the uh, founding members of the like the Actors Union stuff was Boris Karloff.
3: Oh, um, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Played Frankenstein.
2: Yeah. Anyway, but but yeah, so the it, it, that that kind of thing is important because in these type of industries or, or any like you know just people people that are trying to make a buck will just keep pushing and pushing. Oh yeah, And the arts is so it's such a bummer too because like nobody goes into any of these. You don't go into like programming, video games, or movies, or music, or whatever it is because. Because you're like, I think I'll make a shit ton of money. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, maybe, but probably not. You probably love it, and if you're getting treated like that, it'll like zap your. Like, so how many people's like love of the of, like the thing that they love is squashed by ah. this bullshit? Um, so yeah, because
0: not, some man somewhere
1: yeah. can exploit your passion. to make money
0: so that their manager can make money and on up the chain and you're not getting anything.
1: I know Palmer loves to do this and I know that I can make him, I can just burn him for two years at 70 hours a week until he just can't take anymore. And then he'll just, you know, it's like,
0: and that's okay because there's a whole army of kids who grew up playing our games that just to say they worked on making a game, they'll line up and do it for half the money. Like, and then I'll treat them like shit for two years until they burn out. And if I burn enough of them out, I'll concentrate down to this team of people that I know I can get a shit ton of work out for minimum expense. And they'll put the time in and all on the backs of all those poor people and their passion, you know? Ugh.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think shining the light on it is probably the best thing that can be done because it's, it's conceivable that the people at the top don't don't necessarily even know. I'm not saying I don't know this situation, but I know from my own work situation, uh, working for an educational institution, that um, I perceive all of the pressure that I would perceive about delivering things and keeping up with a certain schedule was never overt, and it certainly never came from the top. Like the people that. W- one would think pressure was coming from, it was not. And I realized at a certain point that I was pushing myself just because like I look my job title is video producer. Right. My job is to make shit. Not to tell you why I can't make it. <laughs> right. But like that I and mean, that's just my mindset too. So so at a certain point I was I was starting to get really burnt out and frustrated and and there came a point where I just couldn't do, physically couldn't do something. Like it just couldn't happen. And then suddenly things changed. I was like, oh the the reason like nothing has changed is because the people whomever or middle management, they're just they're continuing to get what they ask for. Uh, and that makes sense. Like they right. like this, so they ask for it. I give it to them. And if I don't tell them there's a problem with that they don't know that there's a problem with right. that. And so they keep asking for it and it keeps kind of setting this expectation. And so it was an interesting lesson for me to learn at a certain point that suddenly when when so- someone important didn't get the project that they wanted because it couldn't happen because of these other projects, oh, suddenly they found money for some extra help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And I'm building up this whole story about like how... And feeling resentful. And then I at, at certain elements, I'm just realizing, well... They, like, they literally just didn't know. I didn't tell them. Blah, blah, blah. That's one side. The other side that I won't necessarily fill in completely is like when they did try to find that money for that extra help, it wasn't... They decided on a portion. <laughs> so that too tells me a story. It's like, oh, well, you only value it this percentage of an employee. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so, but, but I don't know. But those things like you have to set these kind of parameters so that people can have living, you know, or like, like reasonable working conditions and, and you'll get more out of them. What am I saying? Like this is all stuff people know. But... Uh, uh, I thought it was worth mentioning because I've experienced a little bit of this. You think it's stuff people knows, then
0: why are we still fucking talking about it in the 21st century? Like why are, Yeah. why do we still have to talk about like people don't know it? That's the frustrating part.
2: That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I like, it's one thing if you're a musician, right. And you love music and you are just going to go play every night and you're going to burn the candle at both ends. It's a passion thing. Right. And you know, the cost, you feel the cost. Um, and you know what the potential reward is. It's another thing I think when you're missing your kids, piano recitals and you're doing all this stuff because you know that if you say something, you know, you're just going to slowly get ratcheted down the chain and become a no one because you're standing up and saying like, Hey, mental health is important. Work-life balance is a thing. Did you know that if you don't kill your employees, they can actually probably provide a better product, you know, like, yeah surprisingly if they're actually uh coherent and cognizant and not just torched because of all the work there's a possibility that they have the chance to come up with some new ideas or maybe a better way of doing things or whatever you know yeah more creative yeah hmm. but, yeah
2: and i've i have this thing where i do for my job job what my pat like there's a co there's the i do the same thing all the time i make st- I make stuff. And then since I've stopped making music, like it's almost always the same. So I'm always making like these programs, like this podcast is one of them. It's like I stuff I love to do and I will do it 24 7 for myself and not feel resentful. I'm energized by that. Like I want this stuff to exist. But when I'm doing it on the clock for someone else, that's not the same relationship. So I can imagine if you're the game creator, yeah, you'll work day and night because it's your passion thing. But like the person doing the bottom line like programming of it probably doesn't feel that way they've probably got their own passions yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah. and that's where that yeah which i
0: I at least in my limited observation of the gaming industry i think that also is another avenue uh where these small companies these small independent companies will do just that they're making a game that they want to make you know and sometimes if those take off Then all of a sudden that company is just going to get, that's the bad part is like, if you do just that, you put your passion into making a project that you want, you just get swallowed up then by one of these larger companies, you'll get bought out and they'll, they want to buy your IPs and maybe keep your staff, maybe not keep your staff. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot in the gaming industry that, the more I hear about it and the more I know the like worse it makes me feel about things that are supposed to bring joy and happiness and an escape and release, just like a movie to my life, you know?
1: Yeah. And at least when, like in a movie, when you see the credits at the end and you know, you watch the end of a, the credits of a Marvel movie, right? There's a, it's just, it's goes on for days. Um, but at least, you know, those people probably were, they knew what the union pay scale was and they knew what their obligations were. And yeah. even they worked hard and they probably worked long hours, like Dave was saying, they did all that stuff. At least they they knew going in, right? They knew what the compensation was and they were aware of what they were going to be doing for that shoot or that movie. Yeah, And if it changed, then they were compensated accordingly because there was somebody somewhere that said, no, you don't get to treat this person like shit. You will treat them like this because this is what the rules are. Right. And it, when that doesn't exist, it's hard because you just, you know, that there's room for abuse and that that's, is everybody doing it knowingly? Like Dave had said, probably not. I, most not. Most of it's passionate, right? They had this thing they want to develop and they think everybody's on board just as much as they are. And they're going to be in the office from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. And um, and now Larry wants to leave at 4 but he doesn't want to leave because the boss is still in his office. What will the response be when he leaves three hours before his boss leaves? You know, so stuff like that that is hard to really make qualitative or, you know, like uh, what's that office culture like? Is it sure? As long as the work's getting done, we want you to spend time with your family and we're going to make you take your vacations. Or is it, if I catch you leaving early, I'm not going to say it, but, you know you're kind yeah. of done so
0: yeah i don't know that's it's, all the further you're you're all the further you're gonna make it in this job if
1: yeah it's like, any, it's like comic-con right there's this great wonderful side yeah. of it, and then and there's a side of it you're like ah
0: yeah icky it's oh. everything yeah
1: <laughs> like that. oh geez. Up, man you just want to see all the you don't want to see how the sausage is made Oh, no. Yeah. sometimes no. Wanna- but man, it's so fucking good though. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if we could somehow get to the place where they're yes. just making said sausage in a, in a harmless environment.
1: Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, why right. isn't the world perfect for yeah. Jesus Christ? You know, yeah. like why isn't the world perfect? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, well, why don't we take a break? I need to refill my water bottle and hit the restroom. I'm sure Dave's uh poor bladder needs to pee. Yes, sir, uh, uh, but let's let's take a pee break and uh, come back in like five, and uh, we'll uh, we got any bits? You got any like shit the bride says? Anything you want to talk about, Dave? There's maybe like a I could do a quick one
2: of those. I got maybe a quick Dave's digs, but yeah. I definitely want to talk uh, to Twinkie about Leon the Professional, oh, yeah. oh, which yeah. is both a 1994 movie on my list, awesome, and one of the things that when Twinkie first reached out and we were so shocked and and happy to know that he was listening he's like if ever i came on these are some things i might talk about and that was one of them so
1: i didn't remember that until dave had said that he responded to me in a text message about that i didn't yeah. remember that but i it's true it's absolutely, yeah love this so that that should be professional funny.
0: we can talk to professional let's let's do that let's uh let's take a break and then come back and we'll talk uh the professional through the Good for the deal. last little hour there Alright. Awesome. Don't fucking go anywhere. Don't fucking go anywhere, <laughs> Long Walkers! I don't know how many of you are fucking watching. <laughs> don't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> know that the space. The swords of a
2: soldier I know that the club's are weapons of war I know that diamonds Ain't money for this art But that's not the shape
3: of my heart That's not the shape
2: In 2000 I think 2016 when you reached out uh, Twinkie about being inter- you know that you were a listener to the podcast and I think we probably invited you on uh, and you were like oh these are some things I could talk about one of the things I think I was
1: desperately hoping you would invite me on but
2: yeah well we I could not have been more excited
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, truth
2: and uh yeah so one of these things is Leon the professional the movie. Uh, starring uh, Jean Renault, directed by Luc Besson, also inc- uh, you know, starring Gary Oldman and Natalie Portman as well. Um, s- so that happened to be a nice coincidence with this thing we were doing this year uh, in observance of the 25th anniversary of the year 90- yeah. 1994. I 25 years since. Yeah. Which was, for uh, listeners that are, might be new, uh, Palmer's favorite year in film.
1: Oh, double D. <laughs> oh! Palmer has such good tastes, man. You can just rely yeah. on it 100%. Uh, 99 is 90- my <laughs> year. <Yeah.
0: laughs> 99 is my year yeah. in film. Like, that's oh, 99 I, is your year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 94 is Dave's.
1: Dave. That's, all right. Yeah. Well, 99 is still amazing as well. Yeah.
2: 90, yeah. And that's like a 20 year anniversary, but, um, we we actually on our very first show we we talked down we talked through the year nineteen ninety nine on uh, IMDb just very quickly even the shit was uh, good
0: that year. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh there is something for me about nineteen ninety four that I think uh, just a lot of things changed for me in terms of I was prior to that largely interested in just like I was following Jean-Claude Van Damme's career I liked it, you know, the movies that he was in um I think by about like 92 I was watching through video stores and stuff uh going back through the what was available of like Mel Gibson's career and Michelle Pfeiffer and stuff like that like I, I love to even then like delve into what was available of people's histories um but in 1994, I started. There was a handful of like movies that really broadened the scope of of what I was exposed to, and 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 um, and yeah, just broadened my horizons. And so, uh, I've always thought about it very romantically uh, as a year. And then, so um, Palmer had this idea earlier in this year to just like do little short takes on on certain movies that from that career and from that year rather um where i pulled them from was this uh
0: binder, Not binder.
2: but rather uh a, a little folder <laughs> but like way too many pages <laughs> of a uh, document here you can see on the youtube that i sent to the bride when she and i were first uh kind of starting our relationship um this was february 7th 2006 and uh, again, here the note: no attempt at rank is made. Genres are alphabetized on the cover page. Guess <laughs> <laughs> cover page. Wow. Uh, genres are alphabetized, and the selections within are organized chronologically. The editor owns or has once owned a copy or copies of all titles, <laughs> including <laughs> entries marked with an asterisk, which simply indicate a purchase yet not yet made. <laughs> All synopses, all synopses excerpted from Amazon.com and the Internet Movie Database. Oh my god, it's amazing she stayed with me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah so this—that's so where I went when we were talked about doing this. Uh, just to, I was like, well, well, I wonder what movies from then, like from 2006, I pulled to be as part of these like favorites of lists because it was divided by genres. One genre was literally Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, but...
1: (laughs) As it should be, yeah. Which
2: actually, even though he released two (laughs) films, he was starred in two films that were released in 1994, neither of them are part of my 1994 uh, observance on Long Walk, Short Drink. In any event, uh, this movie, Leon the Professional, is one of those movies. So we we might have talked about it otherwise, but we were saving it for you so that we could talk about it together. Um... What are what what made you put it on your list in 2016?
1: Yeah, so I want I'll start so how I feel about it now is differently than I feel about it then. Um, just in the angle that I look at it, I still love it, both now and then. but like if i if I try to set it up somewhat quickly here, so in 1990, 1994, I'm 14. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll let you guys try to do all the long walking. But no, I, <laughs> I do my fair share, of course. 1994, I'd have been 14 years old and um, was raised very sheltered. And so what I was exposed to was very minimal. Like we joked about on the podcast in the past about watching Pulp Fiction in Palmer's basement <laughs> and just being also like-
2: 94. Oh, yeah.
1: you know, what in the- Fuck am I even watch this is you know, I mean yeah mind blowing to someone who isn't experienced yeah. like PG uh, movies, let alone Quentin Tarantino. I, I everything
0: was okay up until the like yeah. the the uh the pawn shop
1: scene. Yes. You
0: know, like that, <laughs> that well, there's was definitely that some, some like hard to swallow
1: so sketch stuff, but yeah, like the, the the rape scene and stuff. You're just like I don't know what's happening right now, but I feel really terrible inside. And I kind of want to die. So, but, you know, I I, I have somewhat of a sheltered life. I'm just not really aware of this. Um, And then I'm not even sure where I watched the movie. Um, I don't remember the location. I just remember, and I share um, this sentiment with one, Natalie Portman, who um, I I picked up this copy just recently to watch, has some special like um, reunion Interviews, and Natalie Portman's one of them, and she talks about just being in awe of Gary Oldman as a kid, watching him work. And I just remember being in awe of him and t- terrified, like actually scared of him as a human because um, he's unhinged, right? Like his character is uh, a wreck, a complete and total wreck. He likes but, milk. He likes yeah, his milk, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Gary Oldman's character is the, the corrupt... Oh yeah. Um, a police officer, the tech detective. But anyway, so as a as a as a, a person, I didn't know who Luc Bassan was as a 14-year-old, you know, kid and uh, you know, he's extremely well known in France up to that point. I think he had one international hit before this, right? Was that Le Femme Nikita? Yeah, which I'd always heard
2: of and and to this day I've still not seen. <laughs> right, yeah, same.
1: Oh, me either. Same oh, here. Oh, wow. But that's that was kind of his first international hit. Get a bunch of hits in France. Um, and then of course, releases this thing, and it's just mind blowing. And it's kind of infamous, I think, for being edited for US audiences. Um, because we would watch people get their insides blown apart, heads being severed uh limbs being removed but if you hint at sexuality at all my god like you've just got to be insane you know you can't talk about that stuff
0: and and he like it's that is one thing that is if there's anything that's a little icky about the movie it is the implied
1: sexuality right yeah well i think yeah it's certainly cultural he's never talking about leon ever having a relationship with this young girl correct he's wrestling with this young girl coming of age with this very awkward man right um and it does lead to scenes that if interpreted culturally and as a 14 year old kid you i don't know if i necessarily saw that but you just kind of saw this right this uh outgoing girl and she's trying to be an adult, you know, and this guy trying to take care of her. But certainly Gary Oldman was the thing that captured me. And I was a Gary Oldman fan after. I mean, I've certainly haven't watched everything Gary Oldman's been in, but I've tried. Yeah. Um, he's incredible. Still incredible. I mean, he he won, he finally won an Oscar um, this past year for his portrayal of Winston Churchill.
2: Oh, Jesus! Um, I
1: forgot about that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. It's incredible. I,
2: that was I just oh, shit. Yeah.
1: Just You're right. Amazing. Yeah. So uh I mean I he's great, just such a great actor. So anyway, that's kind of my setup for how I first ran into it. And again, I don't remember where I saw it, but I just remember being in awe of it. Uh, tonally, did you, did you structurally.
2: It on, totally start did you put it on the list because you thought we also were fans of it, or or did you know that? I didn't
1: I don't know if I necessarily knew that. Um I'm just now I put on the list in 2016 because now I'm a Luc Besson fan because I know more about him. Obviously, Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies. Right. Um, and and interestingly enough, on this, on the Blu-ray for this, when they talk about, he was in production of the Fifth Element, but it was taking so long with some of the, I don't know if it was the technology or just getting the money or whatever it was. This was made while he was still putting together stuff for Fifth Element. This wow. was like, I'll just do a quick movie. i don't know (laughs) yeah i saw
2: that too he was like four years into pre-production and just get antsy he's like i need to do something yeah so i get what i didn't realize till well i probably saw the same special features in 2004 when this like stuff was created i think the even the 4k that you have sounds like it's the same material yeah he um the character of leon the the professional assassin assassin was a kind of a take or or like an expanded uh role that jean renault the same actor played victor the cleaner in la femme nikita which again i haven't seen right but i guess they were thinking of it just be like this quick thing that he could do but i was seeing in certain online you know uh write-ups and stuff that this is more well-regarded even this kind of quick one-off for him is more well-regarded yeah. than even in the fifth element yeah it, i don't know it, i mean it is for me but i i, I don't like sci-fi so <laughs> there's a right hindrance there but i don't know that like oh i'm trying to remember do you remember if gary Oldman was attached to fifth element he is he's a vampire yeah. oh, to, oh to prior professional i'm not sure if he was, but he definitely
0: well, if they were you know, in pre-production I, I well, I don't know, it would right. make I sense if they were if he it would make sense either
1: way I th- I would think right that's an interesting dig. I would be curious to know if he worked with Luke afterwards because Luke certainly appears to give his actors range to yeah. do whatever they want because Gary oldman uh, I mean. In both took some risks, in, yeah. It took some thrills. risks. Shall we say that? As he is want to do, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so maybe they is, just really uh, enjoyed each other. But I would be—that's a good question. If he was attached prior to, yeah.
0: <clears throat> is Jean Renault in in Fifth Element? No, I don't think so.
2: I'm surprised too that Natalie Portman isn't, because in some ways, me and Jovovich is. A kind of a, like she's got the yeah. same haircut, except for it's orange. Um, That's true. And a kind of a similar vibe. I'm just looking at the still of the trailer and you can definitely see a resemblance.
1: Yeah, so like, I think you, if you don't remember this, Dave or Palmer, I guess you maybe haven't seen the, the special st- stuff, but he talks about the casting director says, we knew the most challenging part of the film was getting the girl because the role is intense. And in fact, they cut down some of the more intense yeah. scenes because they didn't even film them because he wanted Natalie it to
0: be like less gray like the sexual he wanted the let the sexuality portion to be a little less gray
1: yeah I think Natalie Portman says there was like a scene where he like comes in and hands her a towel in the bathroom and her parents said we will not let you know that's not a scene we're going to film so there was <laughs> negotiations after natalie came on board and rightfully so i mean it's a different right. you know you're right. really seeing this in the us they just view these things differently um and i'm not talking like child porn stuff i'm just talking about like I, that's wrong everywhere she and is it should 12,
2: be, i don't know i'm conflicted about it still i i did re-watch it the bride and i rewatched it last weekend and i just couldn't it does feel weird you know yeah. like and, okay. the, and the people the behind the scenes stuff like they would talk about it the french people would say like eh, you know culturally it's not a problem from us but i'm like oh i don't know bro 12 is 12 yeah yeah so okay this is I, you may have come across this and i think twinkie you probably saw it in some of the uh extras oh let me just quick read the imdb thing in case no one has ever heard of leon they're somehow this far in right this is the quick super quick synopsis matilda a 12 year old girl is reluctantly taken by leon a professional assassin after her family is murdered leon and matilda form an unusual relationship (laughs) as she becomes his protege and learns the assassin trade um so the thing in the behind the scenes that caught my attention that i had kind of forgotten uh was this person um i don't know that i can s- pronounce her name oh, i can't i'll spell it m a i w e n n l e b e s c o Mawen labesco i don't know right she's french uh the, she so she talks in the behind the scenes she's actually in the movie i think she's credited as like hot girl or something she's uh, she's the the wife the, of the well, I think she's the, the other professional that is, uh, <laughs> that sees oh. the guy, the first almost victim of Leon I, I in the see. movie. Right. Um, and, uh, so they were uh, a couple and, uh, Luke, she she talks about like how Luke Besson started dating her when she was fifteen. They were later married in 1992 when she was sixteen and pregnant with their daughter. <laughs> um, so she, what this actress was talking about
0: was, uh, it yeah, like, right? icky. It starts getting icky. Yeah, yeah. Really it's not icky for
2: her. And what she's saying is like you see a lot of movies where older men are interested in younger women. But for her, the and she sort of sees this movie as being a little bit about their relationship, I guess. But what she was saying is that it's not weird to her because, like, you never see this perspective of a younger woman, gen uh, like a super young woman, like you know, there's the the Lo, Lolita um, paradigm, and the, that's this kind of sex crazy young woman like kind of pursuing an older man that's maybe the only other example i can think of but anyway she's saying it's like this kind of oh, she doesn't use the word normal <laughs> anyway but she's sort of putting it out there as like this isn't a bad thing in her perspective i was young when he and i got together she sees this as this, this kind of love letter to her in this regard but i struggle with it, I it it's certainly it
0: it's a love letter to her 15 year old self
1: yeah, it's exactly. certainly tough. I I think the 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 thing that I was interested in was the fact that when they doing this casting call, this uh, casting director uh, sends all of these people yeah, over. Double and D, that's a very good point. Sorry. Luke Basson. Oh, yeah.
2: Double D says, "I'm just so glad it only seemed to be from Natalie to Leon, and was only reciprocate, reciprocated as a fatherly figure." Yeah. Which just uh, before you continue, Twinkie, you probably saw this in the behind the scenes, but. Jean Renault, who plays Leon, said that he has said since I think that he purposely played Leon as a bit slow, um, in part to help dissuade any idea that Leon would even be catching on yeah. to her advances. Though, so the th- the main difference between what we what I would have seen in 1994, or probably 1995, technically on video, yeah. as the professional. And as it was released elsewhere in the world, just simply Leon, which not for nothing, to me, is the original title of Lionheart, starring Jo Cobb and damp 1990, <laughs> but won't we'll go there so. Um, but <laughs> in <laughs> 2004, when they released it in America on DVD as Leon the Professional, as the full cut that we were, we're all now accustomed to. Right. When you watch the like 15 minutes or whatever that's cut, it's not violence. It's simply more of this kind of pronounced advances from... There's a scene where Natalie Portman's character literally says like, I want you to be my first lover. Um, So that's kind of what they danced around here in America. And yeah, it was very... I think the actors found it weird too. Double D is what I'm kind of getting at. Um, And they found their ways around it. (laughs) Or just tried to embrace the kind of... Part of it is nice with Leon, like he doesn't have any ties. He sleeps sitting up in a chair with sunglasses on through like forming a relationship with this girl that is not sexual for him. He has like a reason to live, basically, for the first yeah. time, and to like sleep in a bed. And that that stuff is all very sweet. So it is very odd to hear us just talking about it as this kind of upsetting May. Jesus, <laughs> April, <laughs> March, December, <laughs> romance. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's somehow, it's a little unsettling, but no, but ultimately a very sweet movie. Somehow, so I'm sorry, Tw- Twinkie. I was I, I stepped all over where you were going. No, no, no that's I, okay.
1: I I, I I really do appreciate the perspective. I guess I'm just giving the movie maybe more of a benefit of doubt than it deserves to some degree. But I just I just saw it because talk about this casting where Luke Basson gets upset at the casting director and says you're sending me all these auditions of women who know what sex is and can sell sex and that's not what I want I want
2: oh yeah like Liv Tyler at 15 they were saying he, like she was one of, among the audition uh, yeah. people who auditioned on tape was like she's like, 15 she's Liv Tyler we can all picture
1: that yeah. and he's like that's too old yeah. like I, like, I that's don't too want worldly I don't want these people who girls you know I just want these girls who think they know sex, but they don't, there's, there's naivety there. There's this, Yeah. there's this, I think I know what I want, but I, I, I really don't know what I'm saying. Uh, especially in the context of the situation, which Matilda grows up in, you know, it's very clear, right? They stumble in on their parents having sex in the bathroom in the very opening scene there. So she, she's around a, drug dealing family and, um, is certainly being forced to grow up faster than what a 12 year old should be growing up as, Yeah, I don't want, if my, if I, as a parent have a 12 year old daughter who's acting like this, right. And that's not to blame Matilda, but if she's acting like this, there've been external forces that have pushed these things on her to think this is how you act, right. Just like the lines they give Natalie's character, they give Matilda when they first meet, uh, you know, they're talking about smoking and she says, this building's full of rats. I don't want my old man to find out. Got enough problems. I mean, that's not a 12-year-old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a 12-year-old, but that's not a 12-year-old developmentally. Right. That's a 12-year-old who's been forced to act a different way
2: um so yeah like she, she's trying to like watch cartoons and her sister who's just a few years older literally like sort of beating her up so that she can watch her exercise <laughs> videos and she's just in this yeah terrible situation and then suddenly is is orphaned and has nowhere to go and leon like has to make this choice like literally of like he's going to let her be killed or take responsibility for her right and in doing that he yeah he sort of he, she forces him to open up And uh, grow a bit as a human being (laughs) Um, but yeah it is kind of surrounded by this odd there's a very early switch with her where she's like she looks she's she's like crying you know she's she didn't care much about her most of her family but her her little brother her baby brother she was very sad to lose um, and what did she
1: say about her big sister? She needed to lose weight anyway. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so Jesus it's brutal. Remember, yeah. What is,
2: what does he do? Like, is it the pig, uh, mitt thing? Yeah. I think that's what he does. Like he charms her, all he can think of to do, he's been told by the guy that looks after his money that he gets for killing people um, that pigs are nicer than people. <laughs> and uh, and he has this pig oven mitt and he starts to like, he doesn't know how to interact with this little girl. So, he starts to like do a <whistles> Matilda and he's like talking with his hand with this little mitt. And somehow in that moment, her, her gaze switches from like being charmed to at the end of it, she's like in love with him and she's like what's your name? He's like, Leon, he's like, she goes like, cute name. And it's like, <laughs> she's like got this very yeah. sexualized vibe for a preteen. <laughs> um, and he like, and he it, often I think it's only spits up his milk. Like wh- That's I, his I only reaction. I love that running <laughs> gag.
0: I, yeah. That gag is just so pr- like, and it happens. So like, I love when she's laying on the bed and she's like, Leon, I think I love you. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and he like spits it all up. And she's like, I can feel it down here and he like does it doesn't he do it a second time like (laughs) oh it's so good like uh i i think only recent only in the reflection now as a grown man in the time that we're living in that it feels this sure this awkwardness like any time i would watch it before that point it's always it was always looking at her with like Aw, like that, like, of course she has a crush on him, like her whole family that she kind of didn't like anyways, got slaughtered and she's obviously living a better life than she was living before. Even if it's on the run to like survive, uh, of course she's going to have it. And that's all it is, is just this like innocent schoolgirl crush that he, and that conscious choice as an actor to to play the character deliberately slow to give the implication that nothing would ever happen what a smart choice uh cuz it's not like it is just he's just slow enough that you absolutely never question his intention
1: yeah yeah you don't want him flirting back no the no, movie no. the movie's done yeah. the movie is over if there's any sense
0: And Jesus, let's not, let's not even heart because this is such, it is such a small part of such an amazing movie. Yeah. I, well, I, but would I hate for it to dominate all of our conversation.
1: Yeah, I just, I think I, I just don't want to like take a hammer to something that is maybe a little needs a little finer look. That's all. Don't yeah. get me. I mean, let's be very clear. Like it's, there's some awkwardness there. There's probably some cultural things there. Um, but I certainly I won't look at the movie and be like, "Hey, Luke Basson is saying that you know having relationships with twelve year old is okay." You know, like that's oh, certainly no. not Good time. what I'm absolutely uh, Good time. taking they, away from it or anything. I, like yeah, I that.
2: think the main the main thing is that like I think the the larger picture is that even though she sees it one way for him, like and it is titled "Leon the Professional," like it's her that like so. She would like try to, so she's saying this thing like I'm in love with you, and and she's very serious about that. Um, and he's he, you know, he under I think you know he understands what that means. We learned that he had there was a woman in his right. life, and and I think I think she met a violent end, maybe or there's there's something he's like kind of mourning yeah. that. And he's Tony had no
1: talks to him about it. Yeah, you were in a you're in a bad way or something. He says or you were.
2: And I think. In, in one of the scenes I think in the in the scene where she says like I want you to be my first lover he tells her and that that was interesting to me seeing it in that context was like oh the point of this scene just like this whole relationship is not the kind of creepy nature of her and him as a couple but rather the way that this girl who's so determined to get to him like to she that he opens up to her. He tells her about this thing that happened to him because he doesn't know what else to do in this profoundly awkward situation. And at the end, when he, um, he has to kind of sacrifice his, well, he does not kind of, he has to sacrifice his life for her. She doesn't want to leave him. And he's telling her, you know, I want you to have this. I want you to have strong roots and I want you to have this life. And, but she doesn't want to leave him until he says he loves her. And, and I think for her as a kid, that's what I even think at that point, it's transcended that like, she's not so much, you know, like, Oh, please kiss me with your tongue before I leave you. <laughs> it's, it it is grown beyond that for even her, but for him, it's such a big deal for him to open himself at all. And to like, he almost let this girl die in the hallway to even open his door. And now he's going to, you know, really violently and brutally give up his life for her. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a larger story purpose that it serves which is much more interesting than than say lolita uh, where ultimately in that story you know they the the man does give in to the to the sexual relationship with this young girl and it's you know, and it he
0: pers- well. yeah but that one is totally because he pursues it even from the beginning like he intentionally does like misleads her on the fact that her mother's dead and they're taking this road trip just so he can get in the situation to,
2: oh yeah, have
0: sexual advances with her. I, I, Lolita is definitely a skeezy move <laughs> like that. That's very is, different, and yeah. it's also
2: like it comes from this European Nabokov, and the, like they just like oh it's fine. Like so for us, yeah. I, I I even like I push against this idea of just for us as Americans. Like I I'm not so sure that that is fine in any way no. shape yeah. no, no. Any of that. No. Like, like, no, it's 12, not. Is one it's thing not. Is pronounced, but like, you know, this real life person that he was married to, the 15, like, I don't think that is <laughs> yeah, that. right. <laughs> I don't think I'm alone. There uh, are let's, active let's do, talk about volunteer organizations
0: this, <laughs> across the world actively fighting against yes. child marriage and child trafficking and child exploitation. So yeah, no, I agree with you. There is no context that it's that it's okay. Oh, uh,
1: pro tip: If a twelve-year-old yeah. girl tells you that she loves you, look her directly in the eye and say, "No, you don't." Yeah, that is all.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> calling child services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's the thing about this movie, though, too, and and about a lot of great movies. Like they put you in this place where you can't do that. Not that Leon would know to call child services but that's definitely not a good thing. Sure. For Matilda, if he had right. a call them. Right. Um, but you're right. Let's so, talk about Gary Oldman. Okay. Unless, unless you were headed
1: somewhere I'll else. T- I, the, before we get to gold, before we get introduced to Gary Oldman, or at least introduced to like crazy ass Gary Oldman, there's a scene that I really liked. And it's such a really small scene. It's just, um, Leon in the, in the theater watching a musical. Oh uh, um, yeah. And, and it's just a, it's a throwaway shot, right? It's like a, we just want to show the character of Leon, and he's finding such joy. And I'm not sure he's. Wa- I don't even know what the, what he's watching, the movie he's watching, but it's a. He's watching Singing in the Rain, oh, okay, which so comes to famous. pay off yeah. in
2: that one scene with her dressing up.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's right, Grace Kelly. Her, I've
2: never seen Singing in
1: the Rain. I just yeah. remember the scene from the professional. Um, <laughs> but you know, just the joy on his face that he's really just it humanizes him, right? He is a professional. He does the same thing every day. He puts the plan out. He drinks the milk. He cleans the gun. He doesn't. And then he watches musical theater and absolutely loves it. And it was yeah. just those are kind of nuances that I would not have picked up in 1994 or five or six or whenever it is that I saw. I saw it before Fifth Element. So, and I saw Fifth Element in the theater. So, oh, wow. So you would have seen it. I would it. have seen it pretty quick. 96, 95 ish. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's humanizing things like that, you know, that obviously they need to make a guy who kills for a living human and they have to make the guy who is the law, the you know, the law, they have to dehumanize him a little bit because you have to contrast someone who makes a job for killing makes that person look good. And so Gary Oldman has to really step in. And as we're about to discuss, he definitely does that.
2: That was definitely my interest. And I think the reason I saw it, I'm t- I'm not all... It was Dracula. Dracula 1992. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, was my first introduction to uh, Gary Oldman. Okay, And uh, in 1992, uh, I was like, I don't know, 12, <laughs> maybe 13. Uh, Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. But that set me off. I'm like, I want to see everything this guy did. And Gary Oldman was such a serious... Dude, for f- at that time and 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 really was for a long time. I mean, he's a much more kind of subdued, humbler, older man. Great. But he was a nut job, <laughs> and like just he took on the most extreme roles, and he played them as kind of cra- crazily, like as you would could imagine. And it was, I think. One of his first um, really standout roles was as Sid Vicious and Sid and Nancy, and it just kind of kept going, right?
1: And like a uh, typecast,
2: yeah. As but as like like you wouldn't necessarily recognize him like yeah. from role to role. I'll just and, mean uh, it's that
1: like intense? Oh, Energy yeah. level, the the I don't know, then yeah. Yeah, it's
2: this kind of manic, unpredictable madman. <laughs> and uh yeah. um and he's on he's firing in all cylinders in this. Oh, <laughs> and it's just glorious. Yeah,
0: I am thinking of the trifecta of roles that we're just that we're centering on on this in this discussion, which is his role in Leon the Professional, his role in the fifth element, and then his role in, in Bram Stoker's Dracula two years prior to Leon the Professional. Like they're all drastically different and all batshit crazy. I yeah, mean, they're, they're, that's you right. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> uh, oh man. And for
2: like Dracula, he he shaved his actual hair to like the middle of his head uh, for like all the hair pieces and stuff. And to watch like there's great behind the scenes of that of that movie. And he would like kind of come up against uh, Coppola and their rehearsals about like, I don't know. He's so so interesting to watch in everything he's ever been in uh even the more kind of nuanced and relaxed roles that he might do now but back then in the 80s and 90s he was just he played so many just like sweaty scary intense yeah. people and none like I mean, Dracula, I guess, because like in Dracula, he literally like transforms into like werewolves and and bats and stuff like that. But if he's just playing like a single human, like uh, Stansfield, I think is the name right. of the corrupt cop he plays. Yeah. Oh is one of the very best.
1: I know, like for people who who just heard us talk about the weird sexual stuff, if if, if there was a cut available, and I would never advocate cutting another per a movie but if there's a cut available you could just watch and if that made you uncomfortable or you're really upset there, you could just watch the context and you got all of the best of Gary Oldman it would be worth watching oh, just for that you know I mean it it there's got to be like a
2: super cut on YouTube of just his uh, scenes or something cuz it's oh, each one of them he like makes a meal out of yeah
1: and, and and you don't hear anybody everybody who talks about gary oldman loves working with him it's not like he's an asshole yeah he's a terrible I think person so,
2: right or i don't know I, I think he's probably better like a lot of people as they get older yeah <laughs> i mean maybe, maybe not lot lot initially start, but
1: you you know yeah. you, gary oldman doesn't come up in the i never want to work with that guy again conversations that you hear yeah um and that'd yeah. I mean, be people love watching him work i, I think i mentioned it briefly, like natalie portman said I didn't even have to act in the scene, the scene in the bathroom later in the movie.
2: Oh yeah, where she like she she, she knows he's the guy who killed my, I just my sat family there.
1: and I want to kill him. I just yeah. sat there and watched him and I have to act. I was just in awe and slightly terrified. Yeah. And yeah, you just watch him do his thing.
2: What what are each of your favorite Gary Oldman moments in this movie? Just
1: if you had to pick one. Um I think the I, I'm biased just because it's the first time you see him just flip his shit is when he gets shot and it and he's pissed off about ruin his suit being ruined. And he just fucking fires his gun until it empties into the dead guy. And like, he's dead, he's dead. He's like points, you know, look what he did to my suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just you just then you're like, the guy's unhinged. Yeah. Um and I think that's part of it, because you're just like, what is happening right now? I don't understand because that's before you even know he's a cop. That's right. Yeah. You don't find out to the very end of that
2: long scene. Yeah. What about you, Palmer?
1: Um, I, I'm probably a
0: little more cliche. I, I like the bathroom scene a lot. It's just absolutely amazing. And then when he's talking about Beethoven. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's that's my favorite. <clears throat> uh, I used to know that by heart. I probably still know most of
2: it by heart.
1: <laughs> I, I like Marx, Mozart as well, but that's a little too tight yeah. for this. Yeah. oh my
2: god yeah because he like he comes in and that's matilda's family he comes in like uh he tells the one guy who who i guess they'd cut cocaine like it was pure cocaine then they cut it and he's like the one guy's like pressing him in a previous scene he meets like you know he's like, i don't know i don't know what you know i don't know how that happened and he's like you don't want me to to approach my friend Stan here because he's when he's in his music he's got his earphones in like you don't want me to disturb him do you really want me to, you're not gonna tell me and the guy's like I don't know like how this happened so he he does approach Stan who's Gary Olman and Gary Olman comes up on this guy uh, who was Matilda's father and uh tries to the idea is that he's gonna sniff out if he's telling the truth but he literally does so like he just kind of gets up in the guy's face and he's like like yeah. sniffing around him. And uh, in the behind the scenes, they talk about how the, that actor did not know that was going to happen. <laughs> so again, he's not really having to act a lot. He's like, he didn't know Gary Old was going to get that close to him or that any of that was going to happen. So he's just kind of reacting. But then, so he tells the guy, he's like, oh, of course he doesn't know. you know? And he's like, well, find out by tomorrow at noon. And so tomorrow the next day at noon, he shows up with his guys and he they go in and they slaughter the family. Like yeah. he doesn't give him a chance to say. And the whole time he's got his headphones in and he's got a shotgun. And you can tell, and you I don't even know if they play the music. You can just tell that Stansfield has like kind of got his own thing going on. And you can watch him, he's like kind of when he goes into the next room. He's like, he's obviously got something going on in his earphones. And then he comes to the end of it. And he like confronts the same guy and he's like, you don't like Beethoven. You don't know what you're missing. Overtures like that, they get my juices flowing. So powerful. But after his openings, to be honest, he does tend to get a little fucking boring. (laughs) That's why I stopped. (laughs) Oh, oh, that because he stops like shooting the, the family. <laughs> but the, I don't know. I think they cut away or something. And he's talking about like, you know, he's Austrian, you know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so
2: was Mozart. He's like, I love Mozart. And then he's like, but for this kind of work, it tends to be a little bit light. I tend to go for the heavier guys. <laughs> and he's like... Try Brahms too. He's good. And he walks away. They're <laughs> just like, what the fuck? And I will admit, like, not only did I recite that like over and over again to no one, probably I'm definitely on video, um to to myself. Uh, but uh Jacko and I used to say that to each other all the time. And um I did seek out Brahms because <laughs> I was like, Well, Beethoven rocks, like maybe Brahms is cool too. It isn't, it's not as identifiable. But and it's just like every time you see him it's some kind of like protracted uh, I mean yeah it's over the top but you can't I mean I could I could not get enough of it um I'm sorry, Palmer's like this. Is my favorite scene, and I just like took it over. No, but,
0: uh, no. Well, you said. I mean, you. Uh, you said it's your favorite scene too, so it's totally fine. It
2: is also my favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: I, I also dropped in. I dropped some stuff in the chat, like the like a link to that the theater scene. Um. Oh. Oh. Awesome. There's also because uh, we're talking about Gary Oldman trailers and like cringy stuff. Uh, there's a movie that came out in 2003. Um,
2: i know where this is going this is on my the podcast i love how did this get made they talked about
0: this movie (laughs) uh and it's a movie called tiptoes where gary oldman (laughs) plays a little person um like dorf like dorf i I, there's no other way to describe it Uh,
2: opposite matthew mcconaughey yeah Yeah. this
3: is made up
0: no, no, it's real. It's In a real, movie. when you watch it, it looks like a funnier or die fake trailer, but this is a real movie oh, no. that all of them wish did not exist.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it does. Uh, oh no. I love you, Gary. You must have been yeah. hurting for money that year. So,
0: um, I, I mean, maybe I'll just, twi- I'll text it out later. We don't have to oh, actually, I want to watch it.
2: Uh, <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I've only heard it talked about. All right. I got to see uh, this. Sh- um, should I, I do- wouldn't mind. I, I, I'm, I'm full of liquids though. So if I could just take a super quick, pee yeah, break, let's take a quick pee break
0: and then, uh, we'll watch the tiptoes trailer and then we'll wrap on Leon and call it a night. Cause I do have an early morning. Yep. Yes. Uh, sounds sounds good. good. Yes. All
1: okay. right. Okay. I'll be back super fast. Okay. I'm not even going anywhere. We'll just hang out and talk. Yeah. About So while, while, while Dave's gone, there's like, like a little things. Um, and I can bring us up again. But when he's, when they're filling out the form to go into the hotel. Yeah. And she puts the, it's like this, I have this classmate that I hate. When, when things go wrong, she'll take the heat. <laughs> um, when things get hot, when things yeah. get hot, she'll take the heat. Um You know, just fun you know, very light moments like that. And then it's a very quotable movie, which
0: is uh I think which is what's so great about this. A lot of the movies that we've talked about from ninety four are very quotable movies. I mean pulp fiction's very quotable. Uh this one, uh it it just I I love all those little lines like that. Yeah. how they give her a lot to work with. Oh
1: yeah. And just this, this is her first movie, right. you know, you imagine you're working with Gary Oldman. Um, I guess uh, Jean Renault is as well known, but Gary Oldman, Luke Besson has had some success. Uh, so sure. your
0: very first movie and you're, and you're playing opposite some of these like very powerful people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And she does a great job, you know, um, Another one that she is in early in her career that is kind of cringy, and it was on. And we talk about it on Palmer's picks. It was one of Twink, uh, not not Twinkie, or Twinkie, one of Cram's movies, um, All the Real Girls. Oh. Uh, she plays this like thirteen-year-old neighbor of this guy who's kind of having an early midlife crisis, and they the this movie does not shy away. Like the man in the movie does not shy away from it in the sense that they both acknowledge at some point that they have feelings for each other, but that he makes the very appropriate adult, like, even though that this is there, there is nothing that can ever come from it, you know? And, uh, yeah, but it's just, it it is equally as cringy. Um,
1: yeah. And it's certainly challenging. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's not, yeah i mean you listen to natalie talk and they read the script and her parents were like you will absolutely not do this movie yeah and you know natalie loved it and you know obviously she was very young at the time as matilda was right um but there must have been something about the, the what they got from luke basan as far as encouragement or whatever to realize that you know not gonna have like a it's going to be weird and it's going to be tough, but it's not going to be, you know, <laughs> not breaking the law here.
2: No. I thought it was interesting too that she said in the 10-year retrospective, she's like, I would do anything yeah. for him. I would be in anything tomorrow. I mean, I think that's, that speaks volumes. Right
0: yes, now, um, absolutely. Ultimately. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's watch. So let's watch this tip. Let's break this conversation a little bit. <laughs> And uh I'll just do oh, uh, it. Nice, uh, nice, hopefully nice, we nice. won't get shut down. Oh yeah, yeah. Put it over the thing. I'll put it over I, the I thing. I can't
2: imagine there's a like keeping a tight uh, lip on
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that you would think they would be because they're just yeah. trying to oh,
1: they're I'm paying get, YouTube, it. they're paying YouTube to like strike all content that shows TikTok, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so all right. Well, let me um uh let me let me play it here.
1: Carol and Steven's life together was perfect. I've got to get going. Right this second.
3: Wow. Oh, hey, baby. Hey, sweetie. Mwah. I love you. There's one small problem. Hi, I'm Ralph. I'm his
1: brother. We're twins.
3: Are your parents? Um, yeah.
1: It can tear them apart.
3: I think you're going to let me know that everyone in your family is a midget.
1: They're not midgets, Carol. Doors. Whatever. Or bring them together. Hey, welcome. I'm Steven.
3: Oh,
2: there hey. you are. This is Steven's father, Bruno, and his mom, Kathleen. And over behind... What
1: the fuck?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is <laughs> awful.
3: I think maybe I'm pregnant.
1: When the going gets rough, it's only the size of your heart that counts. Really
0: that big t- oh, and terrible she's puns.
1: Her, great gal and you didn't tell her that her baby's probably got to be lit. I'm not like you. We are so cute and cuddly. Don't discriminate
0: against us. <laughs> this, is this party's got a little wild. I never expected
3: this. <laughs> There's sure a lot of ninjas around here. got back off Goldie Oh my home. God! I mean, she wants to do? <laughs> I'm ready for an adult relationship. What is this? I'm doing that
0: podcast. girl is an actual porn star, by the way. Oh, that yeah. woman. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bridget the Midget is her stage name.
3: Uh Steven's uh, a very lucky guy. I just hope he's smart enough not to screw it up. Is just a beginning. There'll be rough patches, there's no doubt about it. Canal Plus and Langley Productions proudly present commanding performances.
1: Proudly present commanding hey. performances. Can you even say... Like, should you even say the word midget anymore?
0: No, no. And yeah, you shouldn't have it even in two thousand three when this movie came out. Oh no! I think
2: that's an issue in the movie, yeah, as well. Like they talk about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh no! Whoa! You're
0: fucking crazy, right? Oh, like that. No. You know,
1: that,
0: that was made after, after Leon the Professional. Like, doesn't that feel like a movie that 2003. from the 80- Yeah, two thousand three. <laughs> that movie feels oh, like God. it should have been made in the if it was going to be made in the 80s like it's just so it's so tone deaf oh it's awful yeah yeah oh uh,
2: and it's uh, i i kind of do want to see it like the, that so that podcast i listened to how did this get made they they take like notoriously bad movies and they watch them and they talk about them and they they kind of poke fun at them but at the end of the, the episode they're like would you recommend this and sometimes there's like fuck yeah this is so much fun <laughs> and other times they're like no 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 under normal circumstances and there's three people and they might vary but I think, I think this is one where the, at the end of the day they're like yeah you guys see this is nuts <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, oh. so I have to think to myself a lot of times like Cause this podcast started like 2012. So there's many episodes that I'm listening to them.
0: Uh, do they in, talk in, about session? I heard uh when the, the through the channels that I heard about this movie, that it got cut into this romantic comedy, but it was originally intended to be more serious, like and actually explore, like the plight of being a little person and what that meant. And then, at the last minute the studio like tried to change it into this like and sold it as this romantic comedy and it ended up becoming this thing that nobody liked that
2: they definitely talk about it as a as a movie that has this sort of tonal weirdness where sometimes things are played for laughs, laughs and sometimes they're played super seriously and it just does not pan out and of course to have Gary Oldman as a full-size person playing uh, a small person like basically walking on his knees it's just
0: ludicrous and you have (laughs) yeah you have Peter you have like the clout of like Peter Dinklage playing like a bit part in it what the trailer would make it appear anyways where it's like why not that be Matthew he even looks a little like Matthew he could be Matthew McConaughey's twin brother you know (laughs) like Right. Oh shit!
2: And you got Michael J. Anderson from like Twin Peaks and David Lynch fame. Uh, you don't see him in much else. I don't know. I kind of want to see. I I don't. I really do not think that that movie is intending to be offensive, and I think it's trying best I've heard to dispel a lot of. You know, I think it's trying to be respectful in how it portrays things along the way, but I don't think you can really do that. Yeah. Truly, if yeah. you're there's a I don't know what. I don't know who came up with this, but I hear it sometimes. Uh, movies about the trans community or whatever, they'll say like "nothing about us without us," and so I think this movie definitely breaks that rule. Yeah, <laughs> you know where you cast the lead role of the of the little person to Gary Oldman right. <laughs> instead of
1: a, an actual little person. Right. Well, you talk about like even Scarlett Johansson was catching flack, you know, a while ago about taking all these roles for not being uh, an AI for her yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry well, because you know hollywood tends to whitewash things which hopefully changes
3: yeah. hopefully. there's other
1: actors and actresses and they're crazy enough are not white that can do a really great job yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, But that sort of speaks
2: to the, uh, you know, the esteem in which people hold Gary Oldman. We're like, we'll just like cast him as a, (laughs) a complete, like a, a half sized guy. I don't know. That's probably not the way to say it, obviously, but he's always, I think he as an actor. would often look for roles in which he could disappear. um, Stansville is probably not one of them in that he's very recognizable. Uh, but you know, anyway. But so, yeah. Th- I, this was an early one of the. Mo- I, I definitely came to Leon the Professional in 1994 or five to see what Gary Oldman oh, was up to, um, and it's a movie that stayed with me. And even when, um, and this is the first of any of these movies from 90. F- well, not the first. The bride and I went to see The Crow together on the big screen. But um, I, I was like, hey, I got. I was wanting to rewatch this for the podcast. Would you want to? She's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> And we did. And so, so. What was her? I'm curious. Did she have a,
1: a take on it, or
2: a... she's she, no? We didn't talk a lot about it, or much at all. I and and she didn't say anything about. And, and actually, I I couldn't remember if she'd seen it before. We did watch it together when we were first getting together. It, it turns out, um, but I don't remember any conversations then or now about that sort of dynamic. You know, the kind of creepy dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I think the movie makes very clear. I don't feel like the movie is exploitive in that way. No, you know, no, I, 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 yeah. I think it's just uh, exploring a very unusual <laughs> and taboo relationship. Maybe it isn't even that unusual, honestly, but to see it presented in such a black and white way for her, for the Matilda characters, like, look, I'm in love with you. I want you to be my first lover. I'm right. 11, 12, yeah. whatever. Right, right. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of interesting and not necessarily bad uh, as a thing. Um, if you're thinking about it from her perspective, I don't know. But yeah, so to to give a female and you know very outspoken, strong female perspective that the bride can offer, she didn't say anything. Hmm. So I guess that's
1: something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we we've beat beat it somewhat to death, but it's like, you know, there, there's enough clarity in it, like you said, to where.
0: Well, and I think if there would have been something for her to be offended about, you would know about. Like, Oh, again, for, for sure. Again, <laughs> again, not saying anything negative about the bride, but just like...
2: No, yeah, she'll tell you if her, her thoughts if it's a, something like that. Yeah. One last, just a like quick tidbit that I think maybe Twinkie you might have heard, but maybe in case Palmer hadn't or our audience hasn't. Um, the The famous <laughs> moment in the movie where Gary Oldman is like he says like bring me everyone they're like everyone and he screams everyone um was like a lot of things for him and improvisation improvisational take um but that one like he just did reportedly to make the lupus on the director laugh he he sort of had done a bunch where he just said it at a pretty normal tone of voice and then this last the last one that's in the movie, he just like signaled to the audio guys, like take your earphones off, and he did that, just supposedly to make the director laugh, and they put it in, and it's one of the most. Like oh, if yeah. you search everyone, I couldn't, Google, I
0: could not imagine that uh, like <laughs> yeah. any other way. It's so, oh powerful. yeah, it's yeah, so it so 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 powerful.
2: It's so fun, and uh, I don't know. So we've talked about the movie on a few different levels, but it, it is ultimately too like a really fun and satisfying action movie like the action mm-hmm. scenes are are very dynamic and that was sort of Luke Besson's like hallmark you know with la nikita and and he would go into kind of prefer- I, I looked to see what he was up to more recently he did all the taken movies and everything like that and uh yeah so i don't know if you ever get the urge to watch the professional you know s- steal yourself for a, a little bit of cringiness with uh, this relationship obviously that we've uh yeah it's mentioned and we talked about how much so of a
0: villain uh how, how much of a villain gary oldman is in the movie but danny aiello right is such a fucking sleaze bag. like nails that role doesn't he? oh, oh he's i so, also
2: got that he was not disingenuous about holding their money like when i was re-watching i was like oh he doesn't have any intention of but i kind of got the sense that he was honestly looking out for them
0: you think like, so i i always have bit. i always have watched it in the sense that he was just looking at the opportunity now because he lost his number one, like he lost his like meal ticket that now he's just going to groom Natalie Portman. Oh, Matilda.
2: No, no. I, cause I just rewatched it and he like yells at her. He's like, it is fucking over. It's like, don't you even think about going down this line of uh, work?
0: I don't know. I hope, I want to hope that he's better. I just feel like
1: he's such a sleaze bag though. Like he's, just telling and, him that, like, and he turns. He basically tells Gary Oldman where Jean Renault lives. Yeah where, yeah, where, you know. He oh, lived. I guess
2: there is that. That's probably off screen.
1: I don't. And and catch yeah, them. he doesn't. Be well, no, because <laughs> they visit. They come and visit him, and they're, you know, why are people dying in your oh, in your right, district? Right. And they said it's an Italian guy. Well, and so he talks after he get the crap beat out of him because when he's talking to Matilda afterwards his was well, arms in a sling or something. He's, he's beat yeah, pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah. So he definitely spilled the beans. So um, I whether yeah. that was survival or whether he's a scumbag, I mean it does it certainly leaves it open. But you're right, like, oh, I'm better than a bank. I won't get knocked off. I just keep it right up here. And it's like, yeah, well, Leon dies and now you don't owe anybody anything.
0: Well and especially we because uh, he is obviously well, has this cognitive disability. Like some he is like Developmentally behind everyone else. Yeah, I can't you know, read. You can see him yeah. being easily taken taught ad- him to read. Yeah. Right. Easily taken advantage of. You right. know, like and that's yeah. where it's so played so well because you get so protective of the two of them and uh start to look at all of these people that are obviously taking advantage of their talents in, in one way, shape, or form, you know.
3: Yeah.
2: I think it's both with with Danny character. I think he is yeah. a sleazebag, and I think he does genuinely care yeah. for Leon and yeah. and and probably Matilda. But but that's not to say that he doesn't also take it advantage of them, right? I think right. It's probably both. Yeah. It's it's. I found it a remarkably simple movie when I was watching yeah. it. I mean, I mean, we've talked about some of the complexities of the emotional relationships, I guess, but even those are presented very simply. Yeah. Um. Just that there's not a lot that happens really, even. Um so it's yeah, easy it's to imagine as, too as this kind of like like yeah it's a couple of days or whatever it is easy to imagine as like luke Basson wanting to just like do something quick yeah quickly and then um it just so happened to have come out a lot better than i think anybody could have bargained for awesome. yeah that's
1: fantastic i really love it yeah
2: well this was also fantastic Uh thank you, Twinkie, for I know
1: your days off have kind of switched around, so I'm so very glad this worked out. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna try to do some more. You know, it won't be a lot, but get get some Wednesdays off and uh come back on. It's just it's a I'm really it's a highlight to be able to chat and talk about the things we're passionate about and catch up. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: It listen, I'm a regular on here and it's and it's hard sometimes, so I get it. Um shit speaking of i think
2: we're we're about to yeah we're going going into a bit of a a break so yeah so uh this will come out in the first week of july but uh as we we won't have any new full length episodes for for the month of july just know that we'll be back i think there may very well be some short clips popping up on youtube that will definitely
0: Uh, happen over the course of july we'll be adding some it won't be new content it'll just be uh consumer uh, uh easier to consume content um but i'm thinking if we look through july the 7th might be our return of Which, August, uh,
2: oddly enough, um the bride and I have a joint birthday trip to uh Broadway. Okay,
0: <laughs> that week,
2: so it'd be just a little longer. The
0: fourteenth. All right, no, that's fine. 14th. Yeah. So yeah, let's we, shoot we for are, the fourteenth. The then for
2: return. Of, yeah,
0: of, of, of August will be our triumphant return. Uh, oh my god, be to so recording. Long. Yeah, that'll be a I'll good, be nice hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus Christ, let's not uh for a, a all of it, because like so. we have a whole the whole cast in one way, shape, or form is on this recording right now. Uh oh, yeah, uh let's not t- let's not not talk for a month and a half. Jesus, I mean, that's oh, awful.
1: It's, the podcast on the 14th will be like 14 hours if you don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: If anything, we need to talk as a pressure release. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. So
2: and and uh if you guys think of it, Moto or Double D, um you know, basically the only thing keeping us between these like clips that uh, on YouTube is identifying them and then just like a couple of graphical tweaks. So it's not much. Yeah. But if you guys think like, oh, oh, that that discussion you guys had about X was really fun. I'd love to have a place where that was identified. You know, like we could just go to that. Um, shoot it out our way. Like, you know, if it doesn't happen in the next month, it'd be nice to know those kind of... Uh, I'm going to find things a, to single out in the future. I'm
0: going to find an animator so that when we start pulling clips from the episodes before we did them on Google Hangouts, we can animate those clips.
2: <laughs> oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> be yeah. Awesome. There's some, yeah. My, th- my, one of my favorite podcasts, tell them Steve Dave had people animate stuff and it. And like, they kind of take it out of context. It's oh man. It's a delightful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, let's uh Twinkie, obviously, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to get to catch up with you. So great to be on. Always looking forward to the next time. Um uh, long walkers make sure that you are heading over to our YouTube page if you're not already subscribed there you're subscribing we are at 92 we're eight away from our hundred subscribers uh once we get that we'll be able to get our unique URL and then we'll just start marching towards those 1000 subscribers to get our uh, uh our partnership with YouTube huh
1: um bring everyone
0: yeah i uh, <laughs> we'll head over to Everyone! <laughs> uh, head over to um, Twitter and follow us at LWSD Pod, uh, or you can head to LWSDpod.com uh, to get our podcast episodes on audio. You can search those also in any of your favorite podcasting apps like iTunes or Stitcher. Um, go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD and uh, sign up for your free Audible trial, get uh, your first audiobook on us. Uh, recommend Unfuck Yourself. We talked about in the last episode with Double D. Other than that, I think that's it. I am Palmer signing off from Dayton, Ohio.
2: It's a Dave signing off from Northfield, Minnesota. And
1: Twinkie from the front range of the Rocky Mountains in Denver, Colorado.
0: Awesome. All right, Long Walkers. Um, it's been absolute... An absolute pleasure. We will see you back in August, mid August, when we uh, start back up. Have a great, safe summer, and we will talk to you on the flip side. Gentlemen, it's been real. Love you guys.
2: Love you too. Bye bye.